and welcome back to the Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined as always by my lovely co-host, Latoya Ferguson. Hey, Latoya. I'm a different kind of cop. <laughs> <laughs> we are joined by returning uh, super guest, uh, Lisa Easton. What's up, Lisa? I'm so happy to be here. I've never been happier to be here in my life. <laughs> oh, yes. Because we are watching one of our shared uh, guilty pleasures slash awkward favorites i don't um, feel guilty i i don't feel either <laughs> feel of those guilty. things about this show we didn't we didn't we didn't i don't know how to describe it it's like we didn't plead guilty but we are guilty <laughs> we're oh. reversing it uh, uh it's no ordinary family uh we watched season one of only one uh it's episode 18 no ordinary animal um it's not a great episode we'll get into that there are no great episodes of the show <laughs> It's one of those shows that we, me and Lisa especially, have watched every episode of, probably multiple times. I watched every say. episode of it. Yeah, and we're going to probably get into it, but, um, yeah, so let's <laughs> let's talk about how awful this, this episode of TV is, guys. Uh, I so- loved it. <laughs> you loved it. We <laughs> did not. I'm revisiting it for the first time in quite a while. It has, it has way been worse a while. I, I won't like pretend that i watch this show every year or something <laughs> so maybe we should like give set the scene if, no, if people don't know what this show is it's a show it's a show that wasted about... michael chiklis and julie benz after the shield and dexter respectively yeah. yeah and just in general and we all know like look debated classic fantastic four shows that michael chiklis can play a superhero like we understand he's not always great at it but like he's better than this like by a long shot i mean that that movie's pretty bad too i shouldn't say it's like you know or both of those movies i should say although great but to be fair i would argue that this show is better than the more recent fantastic four movie oh well what what isn't to be honest Uh, i'm sorry (laughs) this is better than uh, all of kate mara's (laughs) wig changes I started counting. I I made sure to watch whatever was like the longest possible one with the most directorial differences or whatever, and it was great because it was multiple wigs. It was multiple yeah, wigs, it was bad. and it none was of them bad. were the same hair color. I, I yeah. said you, I said you know a movie is bad when you're like, wow, Michael B. Jordan isn't even that charming in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't even remember what he did in that movie. Nothing. He just Nothing. kind of like s- just stood in the background and then made gruff faces. Had, what a waste of Michael B. Jordan yeah, and Kate Mara playing they siblings, Michael, honestly. They had Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm and he was boring. I mean, that's a, that's a, that sentence shouldn't make sense. That but that's, be, they're all opposite words. He's forgotten to just do like a all. recreation of Chris Evans as Johnny Storm, yeah. honestly. That's for a whole other podcast in which I dissect the career of Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> can can this be like a joint Michael B. Jordan Miles Teller career podcast where I co-host with you? Yeah, oh absolutely. God. Miles Teller, I have such emotions for that fucking kid because I love <laughs> Spectacular now, even though I know it's a flawed movie, because I just feel like it's so. Miles Teller is a good actor, and he deserves <sighs> really so is. much more. Yes, he he does. Uh, but yeah, so this this show on the other hand is is a, a piece of trash. Um, so I, I loved it. it. I loved it because it's campy nonsense <clears throat> in the beginning. It's I wish Miles book. Teller had played the bad boyfriend. Oh my god, that oh, would have yeah, been much been more washable. That would have been but, um, so this is a show, it's about a <laughs> ordinary family <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that that gets special powers after they crash their plane in the Amazon, because that's what white people do. They get powers when they crash things into <laughs> random countries. And uh, as uh, Michael Chiklis says in the voiceover, we were no longer an ordinary family, and we soon realized we weren't alone. <sighs> 
It literally uh, that opened every episode. I remember too. It was that cheesy. Like this is this is Greg Berlanti at his peak. Like Berlanti, I think, because it's basically I, like. Well, this is Greg Berlanti. I think where he was he, at this point, as someone who's followed his career, he was so desperate. Like he wanted to do something like a good superhero thing. Yeah, and, and wouldn't let TV him have especially actual... was not ready for it. Yeah. So this is before he got a hold of any yeah. of the actual properties. This is an original TV show with, I guess, I think, I don't know that it's based yeah. off of any fucking yeah. comics. But can we, I mean, it could be based off of every comic, basically. Can we it's... say, though, that, listen up, like, all you Arrow fans and all those shows, um, those shows probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this piece of crap that I love. It is. It, that's. I honestly think that's a very legitimate... I mean, he did have Green Lantern around the he, same time. I think this exactly... Yeah, right. he had this but, and Green Lantern and, like... That's, There's that's, no way to me he didn't write this script in order to get Green Lantern among other yeah. things. Either, I appreciate Greg Berlanti, uh, his kind of like his dualism in that you know he started off in the teen drama world and he's very much about like those kind of shows. But you know he he loves superheroes and he's just a comic book nerd and he really tried his hardest to get comic book stuff made and finally did. Yeah, and we should okay. So maybe we'll also if you're somehow unfortunately not familiar with Greg Berlanti. Um, he is of originally Dawson's Creek fame and moved on to Jack and Bobby, which is an excellent show you should watch. Then he, Everwood, he created Jack and Bobby, created Everwood. Everwood. Dirty Eli Stone. Money, Eli Stone. Yeah. Then this. Brothers and Sisters. I think he did political am- animals. Yeah, he did political yeah. animals, yeah. Animals was right after this. And then, I think he's, now he's doing, like, less. Then he had Tomorrow People, which was also, like, a struggle. And then he got the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. And then, then he started doing basically every superhero show on Arrow TV, and Flash and Supergirl uh, and Legends and, and even Riverdale. Riverdale. Yeah, yeah, he and, does and now everything. He's got Black Lightning coming, I think, later. Yeah. 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 And he's also doing the TV show reboot of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is going to probably be Yeah, because that's the spin- uh, going to be the Riverdale spinoff, so. That's yeah. going to be good. <laughs> so anyway. He's, he's doing someone, a million things. Yeah, he's someone who worked his way up, and this is kind of the midpoint. I, I think of it in the sense that it's, the, it's peak Berlanti because it basically... This is, like, the beginning of the episode, basically, is what I'm trying to say. It's Pete Berlanti. Like, the episode itself is very, I guess, his kind of script. But it, it's very much, like, if you watch... For me, it's also Everwood is very much, mm-hmm. like, the wheelhouse of just, like, Berlanti shows. Mm-hmm. And every episode of Everwood started out for the first, like, two seasons, practically, with the same what? little, like, I've moved my family to Everwood. <laughs> right. to fix it. Like, it's the same. <laughs> like, yep, he's really... It's an interesting, like, take. Like, it's a very distinctive, mm-hmm. it's a very, um, it reminds me of Castle. We've, we've done the Castle intro a million times on mm-hmm. this show, well, because I think that's also a, a uh, classic. Su- Supergirl does that same yes. intro Yeah, all, like, all the week, all the CW superhero yeah. things do it now. Yeah. And it was very much an ABC thing, too, at the yeah. time. Yeah. And I do think that that's also really indicative of the type of show he produces, because it just, it comes across, like, the minute you start watching, it feels like you're eating a gingerbread cookie if that makes sense like it's just very like you're at home like it's he has a very like very yeah familiar. like because he's doing it every single time so you just feel safe when you're watching it because you like it's like the law and order it's like these these it's the cases of uh, mm-hmm. like, bam, bam. like it's every I'd episode it's starts the same way it's indicative great. of like his uh production card at the end of his show which is like a kid in front of the tv greg move your head pretty much it's you know yeah yes. so it's that i only thing. say that because i mean i think it's probably important to explain like Yes, this is a superhero show, but I think it's kind of a family drama first, which is yes. a weird sentence. But yeah, like, I believe that's how it was. So it was like family drama, and then they just happen to have, happen to have superheroes. superheroes. I mean, I was to say it's like it's like if he smashed Everwood with the Flash. I would say those are probably like mm-hmm. the two Berlanti shows that meld into this show. If you look at that, 
yeah. kind of the goofiness superhero thing of the Flash, and then the family drama of an Everwood. So, yeah, and I do, I do think that the family drama when the show was a little bit more watchable, it was still not great, but more watchable in the beginning is when it was more of that. Then it became much more superhero heavy, and it started to really fall by the wayside by mm-hmm. mid season. I think is when most people started to drop off, and I think it was practically canceled by the third or fourth to the last episode, which is where we're at when we're watching <laughs> yeah. this episode. So it's already so, pretty much like a yeah. yeah they the actually had their episode order shortened yeah. in the middle of the season, so that's why it's twenty episodes instead of twenty two. Yeah, and then. And- yeah, so uh, I'll address now that the, the co-creator of the show, and I guess the one who was, like, running the day-to-day, uh, John Harmon Feldman, he was also a Dawson's Creeker, so I'm assuming they, they met there. Uh, he went on to work on Roswell, uh, American Dreams, True Calling, which we have, of yeah. course, done on this, Reunion, which we've not done on this somehow? No, not uh, You guys gotta do that one. Yeah. We we're gonna we're watching every episode of reunion for when we do that uh he also worked dirty sex dirty sexy money reuniting them and then uh, like right after that is when no ordinary family mm-hmm. and yeah. i think he's he's moved off into non-superhero realm. yeah isn't yeah, he he's done, uh, survivor. designated survivor yeah that's what yeah. yeah he's on he's, so he's running that right now but i do i do think that even then like that has major like a lot of what he's done has also had major similar mm-hmm. vibes yeah. to this as well mm-hmm. because i think de- even like designated survivor Definitely, like, a different show, but, like, this has a very... Like, it's weird how, like, there's no military involved in this show, but I guess maybe it's because uh, Romani Malko's character, George, is the DA. So there is a lot of, like, inner workings of the police station and how, like, the government's involved and, like, there's a conspiracy and this is all... So, like, there is a lot of those same elements because I think that what the problem partly with this show is, which we'll get into, is, like, there was just too much happening. Like, yes. they should have just stuck with the family drama because it almost okay this is a weird aside and i think i brought it up before like i'm a weirdo for bringing it up but it reminds me in a weird way of this old uh disney movie uh, up up and away (laughs) quite often yeah it's a family superhero movie that basically has like no plot besides them almost getting caught and saving the world which is a big plot i guess but like not a very complicated plot. It was more about the family dynamics of this this kid discovering mm-hmm. he's a superhero after well, years. Well, no, it's discovering he's not a superhero. Not a superhero after years of wanting to be one. And well, eventually, mm-hmm. you know, s- like, spoiler, he finds out. But, like, <laughs> it's also, like, Sky High. Sky High had a similar plot, which I love. That's why I was drawn to this at first, because it's basically, like, a bunch of literally yeah. ordinary family become superheroes. And it's interesting. And, it they, has this, like, and they said, we've got a Panna Baker here, too. It's fine. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. do that. You right? know Panna Bakers <laughs> and superheroes. It's cool. You yeah, guys. the younger. But so oh. the weird part of this, too, is that, like, it also comes across, like, there's, it, it's like watching old family footage where you're like, I didn't realize I looked like that. I, I was picturing myself looking differently when I was watching it. Because, like, this watching this, it felt very, like, cool and, like, hip when you're watching it. But when you go back and watch it now, you're like, oh, this is what the difference in, like, superhero shows really has been. Because when you didn't have, like, quite the amount of, like, depth and, like, ability to tell their own stories, you kept getting, like, origin stories of Spider-Man and origin stories of Batman, like, every single time. And this is very much like, it's like rewatching the first 10 minutes of Spider-Man on a loop, basically. Yeah, that's my, I think that's they why. They never get I, to the part where they're superheroes. That's why like, I was so into it in a way, because I do love a good origin story, but you're right yeah. in that everybody knows Spider-Man's origin story, and we know how all the big superheroes came to be, and it's like, I've seen it, we've done it, like, let's move on. But this is like a group of original characters. So I was like, yep, I'm in. Let's do it. And also because yeah. Heroes was so bad, 
also. Yeah. So I kind of, <laughs> I had watched Heroes for a while and then quit it because that's what you do when you watch But that's Heroes. similar. You're, you're completely yeah. right. It's like the same kind of, which, which honestly, like I will sign up for a show that's basically like 90% lead up to them actually becoming the superhero. I know it's a little bit much for some people, but like Heroes, I didn't mind the fact that they didn't really do much for the first like five or six episodes. It was all just like people discovering how their powers work. Right. Which like, was that's good interesting. Then. But, it, but now it's, like, so old-fashioned. I mean... Compared to the stuff nowadays, it's, like, insane. You know, obviously, like, Smallville is my big dumb baby that's that I similar. love. And yeah. that's, you know, ten seasons of the guy not ever wearing a Superman suit. And I'm well, that's cool with that. of a guy being in intense and arrested development. Yes. I honestly, I guess that's kind of what it comes back to, is, like, that was really formative for me, too. And between that and Spider-Man, I think... There's so much of the the span of both, like, the movie and the show where he's not the superhero at all. Mm-hmm. I was, like, completely, I was completely fine with watching a show where they never actually became superheroes. Well, there's no, I think for Marvel, example, there's I, no suits or anything in yeah. the show. They're always just in their regular fucking, like, day-to-day clothes because yeah. they're just people. I think with Smallville, though, it helped that you had a lot of other people around Clark actually becoming superheroes. Right. And not having trouble with that. Yeah, like true. bringing in Green Arrow was one of the better things they did because, like, hey, he'll wear the costume. Well, yeah, I, I mean, Smallville kind of wrote itself into a corner by saying from the start, like, our rule is, you know, no tights, no flights. And, and then, then it lasted ten seasons. And then it lasted ten seasons. They probably thought five seasons were good, but yeah, you know. Okay, so let's let's get into the actual episode. But that's a kind of an. Uh, uh, I mean, I doubt people have watched this. Is this a little bit lesser known of like um, the older y- Berlin? You're missing shows, out, but... everyone. It's on Hulu. It's it's worth it for all the people that are on it, I guess. I mean, oh. it's interesting to watch a cast full of people that you love do terrible things, but... Also, wow. Since we, mentioned, we, <laughs> since we mentioned Smallville, this episode was written by two Smallville alum. Yeah. Todd Slapkin yeah. and Darren Swimmer were Smallville writers, so... I think they were later season Smallville, too, right? I think. Uh, yeah, they yeah. were part of the foursome who started running the show the last uh, yeah. few seasons, Which I, I believe, yeah. I mean, around when I, like... I started liking it again because it would. Oh, season like eight long. is phenomenal. Season of Smallville, exactly. so it's good. It has the ability to be good. It's just it's like, it's like they were sifting for gold and they found a couple things, so they just dumped all the extra sand in with the gold. It's like, well, wait a minute, you should have kept sifting. You could have found and, more gold, not just all sand. I think we should also mention like the biggest problem I think with No Ordinary Family. It's not the creative talent or even that like the actors. No. It's no. it's ABC. It's clearly ABC interference, and that's why you have like so many things happening because. ABC couldn't decide what they wanted. Yeah. yeah. My note for this is, is later down in my notes, but I feel like I, I should probably say it now because I think it really, like, speaks to my point of view for this show. Um, and it's kind of a non-sequitur, but of course well, most of what my comments are are. But uh, <laughs> it reminds me, especially with the Autumn Reeser bits, because Autumn Reeser is a heavy hitter in this episode among the rest of the show. I think she's probably the best part of the show. That's uh, just a stop. classic Autumn Reeser, though. Yeah. Of every show, exactly. She, she really reasoned uh, it, this one. Yeah, she was the best <laughs> part of Royal Pains, for which she was in one episode. She was the best part, <laughs> of course, of, of our favorite movie, An American Mall. That's right. Yes. Please revisit the American Mall episode. Oh, of God. The American Mall is so good. <laughs> classic. But... It just becomes a discussion about feminism and yes. sisterhood. Oh. That's what that becomes. But so, so um, 
I, I am reminded watching the Autumn Reeser bits, when she's talking and doing things, I hated a lot of her dialogue because they basically give her all these, like, you're a nerd, just say nerdy shit. Yeah. And so she like, says all this weird nerdy shit. She's clearly like, doesn't absolute understand what nonsense. She's and it makes no sense. It basically just like, it's like Big Bang Theory style where they're like, bleep, blurp, bleep, blurp, bleep, blurp, bleep, 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 nerd. And it's like, no, that's that's just random shit. Like, I, you can't actually I say, know like, this is jumping ahead, but can I just say how annoyed I got when they wouldn't just say staph infection? Oh my oh, god, it was unreal. Staphylococcus. Staphylococcus. <laughs> and honestly, staph infection. Guys, I don't even know. Until you just said that right now, I didn't know what that was. But I know that's what that is. Like, like I know it from watching hospital shows. I, I knew that just from like when it was like staph. I'm like, oh, staph infection, then, right? Yeah. And oh yet they God. never said it, and I had to look it up. I had to like, make yes. it so hip. But so it's watching so her say all these nerdy things, and also like watching JJ say all this the scientific stuff, but her especially because she's so kinetic and everything she does. But uh, it reminds me of when I watch, like, Bradley Cooper speak French. Like, it's a really oh, specific yes. kind of thing. <laughs> Where, like, I'm watching him speak French, and I speak, like, French, like, conversationally, not, like, super well, but he's fluent. And so when you watch him speak French, I understand what he's saying. It's basically just, like, I enjoyed making the movie. It was a great time. He was a great guy. But you're mostly just watching Bradley Cooper speak French. Like, there's nothing actually, like, being said that's of any difference to a regular interview with, like, a boring, like, news outlet. But it becomes, like, oh, it's Bradley Cooper speaking French. <laughs> so, like, I, that's what this is like for me. It's like watching Autumn Reeser speak French. I don't give a shit what she's doing. She's literally entertaining regardless. So if you're interested in watching that kind of a show, enjoy this. But I definitely think this is, like, it, it is one of the episodes that truly brings home the fact that, like, no one knew what they were saying. They were literally just reading words off of a page. Like, this was all gibberish, and they were far, far from the point of a plot at this point in the, in the series. Because I think they didn't plan on it becoming, like, such a... Not that it was a success or anything, but, like, it becoming this far into an actual, like, mythology. They did not plan out that far in advance. Like, they kept doing twists. This is, I guess, more when twists were more popular or something. But... It was, like, all, like, woo, surprise, Lucy Voss is the CEO. And it's, like, woo, surprise. Like, Autumn Reeser's uh, got powers. And, like, woo, surprise. Like, well, it's just, could you just stick with one narrative? We should really start the episode. That way we can, because I want to talk about the Autumn Reeser and the powers. And just, like, everything surrounding that particularly. How heavy-handed that reveal was. Oh, my God. I'm, like, as soon as she has powers, I'm going to, like, immediately address what I want to say, so let's just skip yes, to the episode. It's pretty soon into it, so let's Oh, actually, again. I'm going to stop us from starting the episode again, <laughs> because I have to read the according, like, what according to Hulu you may also like. Uh, oh, boy. For this. Oh, so there's a lot, and okay, so there's a bunch of ABC shows, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then it gets into a weird, like, and obviously some superhero sci-fi shows, then it gets into like a weird food show thing, and a weird home stuff thing, and also Curious George is suggested at one point. So I'm going to read what? every single show that it recommends. I apologize in advance. What? Boy, Boy Meets World. <laughs> Home Improvement. American Housewife. Last Man Standing. Perfect Strangers. The Real O'Neills. Dinosaurs. America's Funniest Home Videos. America's Funniest Home Videos. Kids. Shark Tank. Once Upon a Time. Dancing with the Stars. Alias. Commander-in-Chief, which is how I learned it's on Hulu. <laughs> uh, Full House, Family Matters, and then, okay, now we're getting out of ABC. The Voice. Right. H- how exactly, okay, The Voice, The Amazing World of Gumball, which well, is on Cartoon Sarah Network. Well, cameo, surely, but I, I mean, know. Amazing World of Gumball, fun show, but I don't understand. <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Chopped. 
Smallville, okay. Top Chef. Kitchen Nightmares. Step by step. I mean, there is a Kitchen Nightmare in this. I've never... Curious George. Target issue one, okay. House Hunters. There is a character named George on the show, so Curious George. I really wonder what the the album for that is. Project Runway. Well, that Fixer Upper sense. and Survivor. Yeah, I don't get. Th- I mean, all I can think is they just used the word family and they threw everything related to a family at you. It's like, like well, this has nothing to do with a family. I kind of get all the it. ABC suggestions just because they're both like they're all ABC shows, even though you could be more discerning. Like, right. Recommending Dance with the Stars is not helpful. No, but yeah. I mean, Once Upon a Time, there are two Once Upon a Time cast members on this episode. So. And some writers apparently worked on Once Upon a Time. And, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, no, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it makes sense, too. There actually is a connection. Oh I mean, wow. Alias, which is a show about a spy, ha- has some family dynamics <sighs> in, like, you know, this thre- in threatening situation. I love ABC, too, right? It's ABC. I, I yeah. think every show should have, if you like this show, you will like Alias. That's just Yes. Different. I mean, that's true. That's, that's just, absolutely true. I don't care what it is. Guys, watch Alias. It's one of the best shows yeah. of all time. Yeah, for real. Um, okay, so right off from the start, like we said, it starts out with a monologue. We are no longer, no longer an ordinary family, which is just like okay, all right. Then using the title right into the intro of the show, and then we get like a little flashback of what's been going on. So I mean, Lucy, really Lucy Lawless that. offered Eric Balfour a job, and that's yeah, what it's real, into this episode. It's real basic shit, and then there's like a like a you know menacing random like ex fiance or ex whatever. He never actually proposed. Played by Josh Stewart from Dirt, which we haven't done for this podcast either. Somehow. No. And also, like, I just, I I remember for years watching Criminal Minds yeah. and thinking, like, why am I so suspicious of her husband at all times? And then realizing, like, retroactively it was him from No Warning Family. But, he's like, just, like, untrustworthy whenever I see him in anything. He's so And in Dirt, he was, like, supposed looking. to play, like, an A-list Brad Pitt type. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, no, know, I... he could be the nicest man in the world, but he looks shady. That's just that's yes. what he, that's what he plays. And also, like, but when he's so basically, if you've watched Criminal Minds, which is probably a more uh, easy touchstone to think of who we're talking about, um, he's Jay. Ironically, JJ's husband on that show. So, um, he was Ray Ray Lamontagna, I think is what it is. William, the, apparently, William. according to oh, yeah, IMDb, well, got it. It's Ray Lamontagna. Ah, Ray Lamontagna is a singer. Yeah, yeah he's like. Hey, Ray whatever but um uh he's from louisiana on the show when they go to the louisiana episode uh when they try to make that happen and does he speak with he an was... accent yes oh yeah. yeah and it was also like shitty louisiana like they go there and they're like i think it's voodoo and then he's like the bad guy like like tough like cop detective there and they're like she falls for him somehow in like the span of like two days and then they catch the killer, and then they like have a long distance relationship, and somehow make it work, even though she lives in fucking like DC, I guess. So we're gonna watch an episode of television, right? Yeah, but so <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's what if you're wrecking for to know who we're talking about, because he kind of plays a little bit of a factor into this in the sense they keep talking about Joshua as this like thing, and you never actually see him. I was gonna say, uh, but we... he's the ex boyfriend who just disappeared. There should also be a disclaimer because Stephen Collins was on this show and I, my notes yep. i just call him stephen creep collins uh, yeah so. creepy collins because and this yeah. was before obviously this was before we found out he was an admitted child molester and he's particularly like he's playing a creepy character on this show anyway and i'm like oh yeah that happened which was a twist at the time like it was, right, he was he playing was, against type yeah 
weirdly. And then I think besides maybe like it's always sunny, he pretty much played like a nice guy. Like th- this and that are he's the only other things where he and even on that show he was a nice guy, quote unquote, but he was like a shitty dad. So this is like a rare like who well was a first bad wives guy, club but... he's a piece of shit. Oh, true, true. But like for the most of everyone's in our other episode we did for our seventh heaven, he's uh you know just a shithead, but. You know, everyone loves him on the show, and everyone liked him as uh, a nice dad, dude. But yeah, he's a well, creep did, on this. And I, creep I don't remember life. if we were saying we liked anyone in our seventh heaven episode. No, no, but I think everyone—he's like considered to be like a likable guy. I think mm-hmm. on, on those shows. I mean, I never liked but him. He's always a, a blowhard. He's but... garbage, and we get to yeah. call him garbage throughout this whole episode, so it works out. Yeah, yeah, it works out, and I get to watch him die at the end of the series, which yeah. we'll talk about later a, on. That was a good time. Yeah, uh, but so uh, the begins with a lady uh, running through the woods and says like, hello, but she hears something as though an animal that's going to attack her would reply hello. Yeah, and it's also like a snarl. You hear like, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> it's some kind of a beast. Wow. And uh, the they're like, there's like a moment where like she hears it and she's like, oh, I, I guess I just heard something, and then she just keeps walking. And then something attacks her and, like, mauls her, scratches her up. Oh, no. so many questions about just the whole scene. I mean, we'll get into it in a second when they actually go to the police station about this. Well, my... But <laughs> she's <laughs> essentially scratched along her face only and dies somehow of blood loss, even though there's no blood gushing from her. It's a family show. Have, they didn't have the budget for... Decent makeup effects, probably. Or they used all that for Julie Benz's scene later on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so she just dies in the woods suddenly, and then, and then two other joggers are- These guys with their sunglasses. Their sunglasses are so distracting. I know, and they're like, oh, what was that? And then nice guys, they go running towards the sound, and they find her dead. Uh, just lying <laughs> there, and- they're shocked. And then it cuts to, uh... <laughs> so, okay, the other concept of the show, which is so stupid, one of the most <laughs> ridiculous concepts, is, like, they want Michael Chiklis to play against type, so instead of him oh, being a tough... Type. Yeah, of course. He, instead of him being, like, a tough, like, haggard cop, like, he instead literally is a different is kind of else, cop. He's a fucking sketch artist. <laughs> but he acts so, like a cop. That's and also, like, like, let me just say, I don't know the lives of sketch artists, but from what I imagine, it's not a full-time fucking career. Right? He should be an artist who does that on the side or something. Well, what, or he's a cop who does I it on the side. What I love about this, and I, as, I, as I was watching this, and then, of course, I watched the next two episodes, because, you know, you can't just have one. So I, I'm like, this yes, whole you can. Like, later <laughs> concept of the show was the district attorney and a sketch artist are Our investigating crimes like they're actual cops. And I'm like, what and why is anyone allowing this? Like, <laughs> no, nobody stops insane. them. The other, like, cops aren't like, dude, hold on. That Wait, pretty sketch everything, you creep. Why are you trying to sketch crime scenes? <laughs> also, like, I urge you, if you are a sketch artist, I'd love to talk to you. Like, like right into the show. Well, that's the thing. How could you, is that a sustainable career? I don't think it is, though, well, right? If, okay, he lives, they live in Los Angeles. So you're right. He should be, like, at least making, like, caricature art. Well, on, no. They on live in a place. Here, that's his They live in a place job. called Pacific, Pacific Bay. Pacific Bay, which Lisa. Is clearly, <laughs> it's clearly Los Angeles, because they're, like, at the Disney concert hall, and I yeah. see the metro buses. <laughs> but, like, I, I think and, they're, supposed to, they're supposed to be in the Bay Area, but no, yeah, they're and, in L.A. And Lucy Lawless works at the ABC Disney lot. So. Yeah, oh but so so but just to say, I have no problem with maybe she's clearly the breadwinner in the family. She's a very uh, Julie Benz's character, his wife. 
uh, Stephanie is a very, very prestigious scientist at this big, you know, Omnicorp where, you know, Stephen Creep Collins works. And you, I can imagine, like, okay, she's the breadwinner, he's the stay-at-home dad. Just tell me that. Just tell me that for once. He's never at home. He's always at work sketching. It's like, how often do you need to sketch a What's not- going on in LA? Okay, here's the important thing about his job, though. He's not even uh, fucking sketching. He uses a computer uh, of things that he has sketched sketching. in the past. So when oh, they, fucking like... Lisa. Oh, I forgot about the fact that it's a computer. So when, like, they try to get oh, Katie to identify Eric Balfour... By the way, Eric right. Balfour's in this episode, everyone. And, uh, like... Spoiler alert. It's literally just him going through no, things no, he's like sketched. A... Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just on a computer, like, oh, here's some eyebrows. Yeah, those are right. Here's a nose. Yeah, that's right. And it's I mean, like, look, he's I'm not sure even using a fucking is... pencil at any point. I'm sure that's what they do. Like, I have no <clears throat> doubt that's what they do. But to me, that's something that, like, a specialty detective or, or like, officer on, on desk duty has. Like, that's the administrative person who does all types of, like, forensic stuff with the computer who's also in charge of sketching. I don't need to have some dedicated guy who no. comes in off the street... Like sketches some photos in a on a computer question mark and then he like solves crimes like what what does having like what does sketch artist like, artistry have to do with solving what's a crime great, What's great is that his police work is less believable to me than the fact that you can get in a plane crash and get superpowers from a Brazilian plant. Truly, <laughs> truly, it's truly absurd. And like, what what makes me so furious is all you have to do. There's so many things they could have done to set this up. It's just make him a retired officer who got like shot on on duty or something, and now he just comes back to the station to hang out with his bros and sketches. You know, Aww. like. Dumb stuff like that. Like, give an excuse to this access they have where they're able to get in and out of crime scenes with no one, like, blinking an eye. And I don't doubt that they, okay, they're not surprised the sketch artist is there. They let him have some access. But, like, he's suspiciously involved, not just with yes. this crime, with, like, multiple crimes. He would absolutely be a person of interest at some point because well, like, they're well, always trying to insert themselves into the case and he's clearly, like, always trying to, like, bombard his way into a random, like, scene. Yeah. Well, the Come whole on. next episode after this is them investigating the death of another cop. Like, why <laughs> would you be doing that? You wouldn't. Like, never. No, it's insane. <sighs> it's just, I, I've seen, I've seen people, like, have a better, like, tangential relationship with cops when it's, like, fucking Castle and he's a writer. Like, that at least made sense. They explained why he was there. Like, you can't just get into a, a police station and walk around with the cops every day all Which, day. This actually just reminds me, everyone should watch Ryan Hansen solves crime on television. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because that's absolute nonsense and it's still better than this nonsense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... At least pretend to be psychic, you know? Like, they've done that on every other fucking show. <laughs> like, come on, man. That's all you need is just say I'm a psychic and then I'll let you in the, the door, you know? Instead, it's just like, I'm a sketch artist. It's like, at least I would I, like it if he was an artist. I love like, that they address in this episode, episode like, there's no bodies, so there's nothing to sketch. Or, like, there's no yeah. witnesses. No witnesses, so there's nothing that, to sketch. There are crimes they solve and, and like, research that definitely have no witnesses or, or anything. So, like, what is he even there for? They find, like, a dead body somewhere, and he's like, I'm on the case. It's like, bro, <laughs> you're a sketch artist. They go to <laughs> the, the body morgue. We don't need you to sketch a dead body for us. Like, they go what? to the morgue to see the coroner. What are you doing there? <laughs> it's nuts. I mean, just become a private investigator. Like, at least then it would make some fucking sense. This would he never happen on True artist. Calling. 
Like, honestly, your sketch artist, I mean, that why not private investigator? That's all you gotta do. Like, he already knows the DA. He, like, I'm sure they need extra money, so he's a sketch artist on the side. Problem solved. Even if it's, like, halfway through the series, he's like, I've, I've really taken an uptick in the amount of crimes I'm trying to solve. I should just become a private eye. It would just benefit you to get the right paperwork, is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna get caught, dude. That's all I'm worried about. I mean, he never does, but, like, come on. Cover your ass. We're podcasting bit. about paperwork now. <laughs> But, like, honestly, like, I have other cons for later on because they are very bad at what they're trying to do. Everyone as, do the proper paperwork. Superheroes. Everyone don't inappropriately touch your student. Like, yes! <laughs> there are so many just, just such bad protocol in this entire episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot so, of life lessons here, I think. And then, okay, like, it was bad enough we're talking about, like, that was literally just, like, his role as a sketch artist that we're talking about. Let's get into the actual conversation they have about this exact crime. Because do we have to? Well, we have to, because I have so many comments. But I want to just talk about how it says guest starring Sarah Bareilles. Yes, <laughs> I said I wrote in my role. notes like this oh. has to be the only time in history that you would see like guest starring Sarah Bareilles and special guest star speaking... Lucy Lawless. Like immediately <laughs> after that, like and she has a, she has a speaking role. I mean, she says, "Are you ready for this, guys?" <laughs> now I'm just bummed Sarah Bareilles was never on Salem, so we could have seen it happen again. She got paid scale for saying, "Are you ready for this guy?" You know she did. Oh my god! Get, By the way, Sarah Bareilles is a Teleport alum, also because she's yes. in the Puppet Community episode. Hell yes, she was. Oh my god! <laughs> but so this starts out this this scene where they're talking about this this mauling, and then literally it's a sentence. <sighs> Romy Malco plays his friend, the DA George. And I think his name's like, isn't it like George St. Cloud? It's something insane like, like that. It's yeah, it, like that. Yeah, it's so Yeah, bad. I think it is, and it's very upsetting. <laughs> White people wrote this. Yeah. Uh, but so, he, he shows up. No one is named George St. Cloud, just for the record. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you saying no um, white people are either? Because that's probably... No, like I'm like, well, there is Charlie, but you know. Uh, so, <laughs> like, he shows up and he's like, police think it was an animal attack. I'm like, what the fuck? would it be i'm like she was literally like slashed down the face by claws what do they are well they're supposed to be like i think this was a tractor accident like what are you talking about he says it like police think it was an animal attack it's like what and then so then immediately michael Tuglitz, because his role in this is to be like i think it was a superhero i think it was a superhero well, no like they say super they don't ever yeah. say hero or villain they say super right. yeah. that's the thing super, that everyone quote, would do even though no one is on the same page. Yeah, and it's basically like it's like any of those shows where it's like it's, it's a unsub or it's a it's a it's a I don't know what do you what would they call it on fucking like uh, uh Alcatraz or something? What? what? <laughs> Why are you bringing up Alcatraz? And Alcatraz they called them prisoners. Prisoners. Because <laughs> it was about a prison. You're right, Lisa. Good job. You and I. I'm a true television historian. Thank you. Yeah, but like, I only say that because it's like they call them by very specific name. Or like, I can't believe you just did that more. Or like, I know what you're saying. charges. I mean, I'm just saying they call them by a specific name. Every case on the Flash, it's metahumans. Or yeah. Oh God, is it really? Yeah. Well, yes, because they're metahumans. That's the term. That's like the comic book term. Right, but uh, it's like if then, they they can't call them mutants, obviously. Yeah, mutants in X Men is they do talk about that and like X Men. They are well now. Well now, Marvel does in allowed to say mutants. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Marvel also now they do in humans because they're trying to get rid of mutants. Like, no. Did they have a name for that on Smallville? I'm trying to think. I know they did on um, 
besides meteor freaks yeah. which was just meteor that's really freaks. offensive when you think about it they were it is. repeatedly called them meteor freaks yeah. it is meteor freaks that's so funny what assholes right, they really did that's they're bad that's people so basically their version of meteor freaks or charges or prisoners <laughs> is just calling them charges <laughs> Charges was on Charmed. That was I know, thing. but it's really not the same thing. I know, but, you know, it was what they called their random case of the week, is all I mean. Just, y- um, yeah. And so they call them supers, and they're like, he's, of course, immediately always, it's just like a super did it. He's just moldering it, where he's just like, I think it was aliens. And, uh, like, George is like, uh, what makes you think that? And he's like, what kind of animal doesn't leave tracks? I'm like, surely there are dozens of animals What kind of human tracks? doesn't leave tracks? Can he fly? I but I can think yeah, of several! Like, there are other third claw. party things that wouldn't leave obvious tracks. I mean, you, you can't just immediately say, like, why would something not leave a tracks? Anyone could try and get rid of their tracks. I mean, <laughs> animals, if it's a flying animal that clawed her, I, maybe that could have not left a track. Like, what, a what are you talking about, dude? Yeah. And then, like, he's like, it had five fingers. What kind of animal leaves a five-fingered claw mark? So I immediately was like, let me just Google what kind of animal leaves a five-fingered claw mark. So <laughs> You're you not go, the guys. expert. So we can, Here you go, guys. We can rule it, out Wolverine. So. <laughs> so members of the weasel family have five toes. It could be a skunk, a badger. A... This nerd rant that you're going on right now. I just mean, like, come on. Let's just not jump immediately to such a conclusion that every single body that shows up at your entire precinct has got to be a super murder. Like, let's be real. And he's immediately, like, on the case. Like, it would have made more sense if there was some kind of, like, motive to it. Like, she was an employee of that company or she was a former, like, uh like, a researcher who always, like, went down to the Amazon. Like, give us some kind of, like, a random, like, reason besides she had claw marks on her face. Like, people get <clears throat> killed by animal, like, accidents all the time. Jesus. You're not gonna go after every single... In fact, I don't even know why the cops were involved in that. Like, it was so weird that he even knew about it. It would have been just a freak accident, right? I mean, would they have even qualified that as a murder? It was an animal attack. Maybe in Sunnydale they, they would know it's secretly a murder, but right. I, yeah, I don't think they would know here. There's so many questions I had about it, though, but regardless of that, they immediately, like, they gotta figure out what it is. So this idiot, uh, Michael Chickles' character, tries to get Julie Benz, his wife, who's working at this global court and now is trying to play, like, double <laughs> agent because Stephen Creep Collins knows that she is a uh, super... I think they kind of know she's a super, right? I think at this point... But regardless, she's now, like, helping them research other supers because oh, she's a genius. he knows, but she doesn't know he knows. I mean, but they kind of do. And then by the end of the episode, they definitely do. What do they and, he, like, they don't, I don't think they know that, but, yeah. Well, he brings it. I don't know. Somehow they no, know. Now, then he knows. It's like, they, <laughs> it's like okay, they know he's they evil know and they're playing him. They know but they don't know. know that he knows. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Thanks a lot. But, yeah. Um. But so uh, they they immediately try and get Julie Benz to work in their benefit to find out who this one random attack is from, and I'm like, these idiots are wasting their double edged like she's a spy essentially, right? So you the goal of being a spy in an organization like that is they want to be, have her there long term to find out the master plan and end it. They're not going to waste risking her cover for the very first fucking murder that drops in their laps. I'm like, this is so stupid. But she immediately tries to, like, get him to let her know other people who are on the list. I'm like, try another avenue before you go She's right to your really boss and blow your poorly. fucking... It was so dumb. And I'm like, I just have to like, Fox Mulder literally got hired by the goddamn FBI in order to try and like, drive out the conspiracies. Like, do a long play. Like, live at, at the job, 
and then slowly like bring home documents until you have an actual cache of information. And the or, thing like, is, she ended up knowing who the dude was. Like she really she didn't... recognized him on sight. Like, like <laughs> are you kidding me? Like why could she not have gotten like like I mean I guess at that point they didn't have a visual or anything, but like there are so many ways she could have just tried to go about it. if they had just waited if they had waited five fucking minutes he would have showed up at, at Katie's place anyway and she wouldn't have blown up her spot like it was so dumb but regardless of that this, yeah. is, uh, this is all like the, the, the A story is basically like there's an animal on the loose quote unquote and it murdered this woman and it's on the attack and they're now trying to figure out now let's talk about story. how Kate Panabaker is obsessed with Sarah Bareilles apparently <laughs> Yes, the yes. actual the actual exchange is, do you know Sarah Bareilles? How could I not know Sarah Bareilles? She's on every playlist you make. Which is problematic. Very problematic. I don't think that she had that much of an over at the time to have a song on every fucking playlist. I mean... Is it the same song? I, I like Sarah Bareilles, but, like, I, I would want you to have more variety in your playlist. Or maybe there but is more variety except for the Sarah, Sarah Bareilles songs. This was when she was definitely, like, you know, right out the gate, like, very, very oh, popular. She had, she had two albums. I mean, the big two albums not enough for every playlist. Time, so, yeah. But. To me, that's not enough for every playlist. That means you've got, like, borderline 24 playlists? Listen. But no, you're a teenager. I, we're saying she's problematic and puts them in playlists it doesn't belong in, too. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, even if you had one song from each of her albums on every playlist, that means you're either doubling up songs or you only have 24 playlists. And that's not enough playlists as a teenager, in my opinion. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> A whole fucking, like, like book sleeve full of random CDs at that age. Come on. If you have an iPod, you have more than four fucking playlists. Are we judging children's playlists? That's I, where I'll we're at right child's now. child's playlists all day if I have to. All like, day. <laughs> but so, like, she's immediately like, we're gonna go to Sarah Bareilles, woo! But, like, it's a... But she's not school. like that, because she's such a loser. She's like, I just thought it'd be cool so that you know she's having a concert here. Or, oh no, she's filming a music video. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. It was just... I He's like, why'd you tell me? I'm like, I just thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so stupid. I thought you might want to know. God. Yeah, <laughs> I, had, I had such flashbacks to the OAR concert for <laughs> the Bedford Diaries where everyone's just like, are you going to OAR? Like, please, guys, go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> I'm the one who introduced you to OAR. <laughs> I mean, the, the idea, the concept of thinking back on that episode is still to this day, it's like, we heard someone say, are you going to OAR, like, at least six times on that episode of TV. Like, that's, fl- that's beautiful. That's Have you beautiful heard of this band, you- OAR? <laughs> God damn it. Who hasn't heard of OAR? They're on every playlist I made. <laughs> honestly, they probably were at the time. I don't know. <clears throat> so I presented them eventually. Anyway, so she's all, like, obsessed with Sarah Bareilles, and she's psyched for this concert, but she's not going to go because it's during school day because... Oh. There's we keep saying concert. It's, it's a music video. We yeah, have to make this clear. Out. She's filming her music video here. We have to make this clear for for when it actually happens. Yeah, and also like, I, I it's a weird. The whole situation is a little weird. I guess it makes some sense that she just she'd film the video during the day. I wish like it's I don't the concert think video. Up, <laughs> yeah, basically, it's a concert, basically. But that's the weird being in during the day in open air. Yeah, and I wish that the footage that they have from the actual concert was in her real music video for that song. Sadly, it is not. Alas, it is not when we looked it up. That'd be amazing if we watched the clips of No Ordinary Family. And Sorry, her, her stupid video has to have people like Ben Folds or Pharrell or Tegan and Sarah. Those losers. Not or- No Ordinary Family footage. <laughs> or, what, what um, I would give respect like- Kay Bant- Panabaker, okay? Yeah, I would love if if in like even just a clip of it where she was just like singing, you saw like Eric Balfour running in the background. <laughs> That's all I want in my life. But so so she's excited to like hear about she's coming, but she can't go because it's a daytime shoot. And they have which school. is a cop out. 
I think that they basically were like, let's have a concert, and then someone was like, they can't have a concert in the middle of a school day if she's gonna have to cut class. You can when you want to show an extremely abusive relationship. True. And also, like, it's not really the intent, apparently. Like, that's not what the show's trying to do, but, like, it's what happened. I think we should specify to uh, the listening audience who have not seen this beautiful show um, that. Her power, Kay Panabaker, Daphne, her power is, first it starts off that she can read minds, but then later she discovers she can also push people, is what they call it. And so she's basically the most powerful one of them all. Right. So she, I have so, my, my notes, not to interrupt, but my notes later on, every other sentence is like, why isn't she pushing people right now? Why isn't she pushing people all day? Wow, day? you're part of the problem, Laura. Right. I know it, no, but like, with, when your life is in danger, like, fucking come on, yeah, push but people. With she great, should have With great power comes great responsibility, as we all know. So, yeah, she can, like, force people to do Rubble whatever she girl. wants them to And do. she, I guess in the previous episode, she told her boyfriend that yeah. about this. Well, and he had been And her whole family, too. Because she's yeah, a child. She, Actually, Because she family, has no her, self-esteem. Her family does not find out until, like, the finale or the next episode after that. But, yeah, the family, all well, well, her brother does, but her parents don't find out until later. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, well, they know she can read minds up to this point, but, yeah. like... He, the, the boyfriend, knew because she kept erasing, or no, she kept, she kept doing things with his mind. I forget what the she actual thing was. He was messing, like, yeah, he was, I guess he was probably missing time or something like that. Yeah. He was he going crazy. to the fact that, like, she was doing, so she's like, I felt like I had to tell him. I mean, only to say that, like, she didn't, like, you know, immediately, like, hey, boyfriend, I'm, like, I'm, I have a ability to read minds. She basically was, felt like she was forced to do it. Still not a genius. Instead of, you know, thinking maybe she just shouldn't date this guy. I know. But again, I I kept thinking that, but I'm like, okay, she's a teenager. She doesn't really know. Yeah, this is why teenagers shouldn't have superpowers. Well, this would be the kind of story where it's like, oh, well, this will be the first heartbreak. She has to dump him because of what she is. But instead, they make it, like, really, really bad, and then he becomes, like, a manipulative creep. Which I actually think was interesting because it made sense. Like if it was his character, because he was basically like a the the bad bad boy. Like he wore leather jackets and like cut class, <laughs> and, and his like, hair was like... slightly unwashed. <laughs> well, slightly. Yeah. Uh, cool. And then, uh, they would basically just like you know make him like this bad boy. But I think in the beginning when she first likes him, she like helps him by reading other people's minds and like gets on his good side. But that's only to say like he basically felt like you know. Uh, when he hears about this power, I, don't know, I guess it's the same way that if I heard about this power, he wants to use it to his benefit. I'm not saying she needs to go, like, you know, rip off the stock exchange or some crazy shit, but, like, at least, like... Maybe she, she should, for what they've done to us. If you're about to get murdered, just, like... <laughs> the fat cats on Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. But, like, honestly, her power is so much more interesting, also, than a lot of the other powers, I guess, but she doesn't use it at all, so it's not that interesting. But, um, it... it it's tough because there are times in this episode and future episodes and past episodes where if she was using that power, the whole plot would basically, it's like a pinpoint of like, if she had just used her push, nothing would have, con- like this all could have been solved. But it's it's like, you know, with great power, like you're saying, comes great responsibility. It's just, it's sometimes tough when like you back yourself into a corner where like she feels like she can't use it, but then she suddenly starts using it willy-nilly on him for a long time. It becomes a little bit confusing, but... Okay, so regardless of that, the two of them are basically at odds to begin with because he's trying to get her to cut class, like, unrelated to the powers completely. Um, and because he wants to have a special day with her and cut class. Because he wants to attend a Sarah Perales concert. I still, I mean, I guess he just wants to cut class. I would have liked it more if he wanted to just cut class 
And then she's like, but I thought we were going to go to Cerebrellas. And then he was like, no, nah, I just wanted to cut class. That I, w- I would have loved it more if he was just like, I fucking love Cerebrellas. That is my <laughs> I mean, true. He should have leaned true. in. True. Man. I mean, we'll get to the Cerebrellas concert. There's a lot of people in that audience that don't make sense being there. Do these people have the jobs room. in Pacific Bay? <laughs> I think that is their job, LaToya. That is their job. I'm like, if they're at a music video shoot on like a Wednesday at one o'clock, probably not. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if they but, had just went ahead and said this is L.A., then it would have made more sense. But if we're assuming this is, like, the Bay Area, it's like, don't you people work? Yeah, and then uh, we also see in the next scene, uh, while that's being, the groundwork is being laid for them cutting class, um, J.J., her brother, who started out the series as, I think it was just that he was, um... Slacker, he's not using his... Probably? No, but he's also... Di- no, no, no. He was, like, dyslexic and had a hard time, like, learning, so he was, Not like, living up to his full potential. Yeah. Not... I think he had no potential. I think he was... Had- <laughs> no, I'm not trying to be mean, but, like... He's dyslexic. He has, like- he has no potential. Yeah, <laughs> no, he does. Yeah, I don't remember he- if he had, like, a specific learning disability, but he definitely struggled. So- no, but I think also, like, he truly, like, didn't understand... Like, he was, like, basically, like, left behind and was not keeping up with his classwork and, like, getting... So there was a child left behind. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and uh, so he he is basically starts out like struggling, and not again, not to say that like to have dyslexia. He was not means... able to be saved. No, <laughs> it's true. Like he was like, floundering essentially, and especially because his sister is like this golden child to them, and he was just doing like she's like the cool girl compared to him. And you know their mom's really a cool. scientist. Right. Yeah, and her his mom's brilliant. His dad is Michael Chiklis, even though he's like a sketch artist. Oh yeah, his dad was also such a weenie. We should we should no, really Michael Chiklis. We made sure he played a weenie in this show. Yeah. It's so weird because he's so good at playing this other type of character. Well, yeah. He just never plays that. In it this. just made it's me so well, weird. It made me wonder if like after the shield, Michael Chiklis was like, "Give me the opposite of that." And then yeah, they were like, it reminds Here me you of. It's like he's like guys... I want to be the Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Oh my god. It's like if you guys have seen um, Central Intelligence. It's like The Rock. It's like The Rock wanted to be really Doofy. Name drop Central Intelligence. <laughs> yes, I did. But like the I say it because he's really playing a character that makes no sense to The Rock. But he's basically just like what The Rock wanted to do that day. Like he just felt like playing a character that was like completely left field, unlike other things he's played, and like. I think Michael Chiklis at this point, I guess, had the cachet to just basically say, "I'll like to, I'd like to play a, a foul." Uh, like I think a, he's probably one of those people who said, "Yeah, I, I took this role because it's, it's something my kids can watch." I'm exactly pretty sure. yeah, yeah. yeah, my kids also, cannot like, watch The Shield. No, <laughs> <laughs> of course. No. And also, I think he just liked the idea of being like a wholesome family guy. But like, it just didn't. It didn't. It wasn't even like he had that like persona, and then he also had the gruff exterior. He just is completely like popcorn fluff in this. It's very strange. Uh, but so. JJ, I only say to say that he starts out like um, uh, I guess you could say trouble. Like he's also like aggressively like unpopular and uncool. He has that class. hair. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we should say if you don't know who JJ's played by, he was the young Kirk in Star Trek. I think a lot of people remember him as that potentially. Um, he's the one that like steals the car. That's like his big like movie role. But so in this, he's kind he's of definitely an like the you know, the smallest name of anyone in the show, even oh, at the sure, time. Yeah. And he's like an unknown at this point, I think too, more or less. But so he's playing like this like nerdy uh kid with like a trouble in class and school. But then he when he gets the powers, he has this super brain, which I've got questions about because. <laughs> He's able to do things that, like, doesn't really make sense. Like, just because he has, like, Stephen Hawking brain. It's not even, not like, a, a limitless thing, right? Where he, like, reads it and, like, he absorbs it. He just knows it. 
Yeah, Limitless always made sense because you just have him read a book, and that made sense. Like, that's all you need. For, uh, people used to make fun of Limitless, you know, give me that pill style, where you just wanted to be like... <laughs> well, I mean, I'll always say, give me that pill. I want that <laughs> pill. <laughs> I want the pill. I want that pill. But, uh, yeah, it, it's like, I understand, like, that side of things where, like, Limitless is basically, like, first of all, you are suspending your disbelief. This is a superhero show, and Limitless is uh, crazy. But, like, it also, like, gave you a little bit of groundwork where, like, he never, he did have the ability to use his whole, whole brain, but he also is, like, reading books and, like, like learning how to do things rote. Like, it's, it was like Groundhog Day where he just did it so often he became good at it. Like, you're not getting that from JJ. He just suddenly is able to, like, hack things and read. And, like, like there was a point later on we'll get to where he's able to diagnose medical helmets. By, like, looking at sight? her wound. Yeah. What the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, maybe he read a medical book. I mean, if it was me and I was in his position, I would probably go and read everything in a library. So maybe he did that at some point we didn't see. I know he does yeah, read but, a lot of, like, trade but books. Usually but usually to, to diagnose an infection in somebody's body, they need to look at a microscope. Run tests. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, run a test and see if they're positive. His brain's now a microscope. That's yeah. what they're saying. <sighs> I guess Jesus so. Christ. I mean, if whatever we'll get to that later on i'm sure but so in this though what a great show is, guys yeah uh so he has this power of being this genius who's able to like solve long-ended math equations like he's fucking david crumholtz so he's like oh god wow oh, god. <laughs> a little numbers breath for you a little numbers <laughs> and you just like try to pass by like you didn't just do that <laughs> you just can't really keep going like no by, by the end of this podcast we will have named every you. show ever that is not this show <laughs> That's my that's my goal, guys. I wake up every morning trying to name as many TV shows as I can. <laughs> what else did I watch all these terrible shows for? <laughs> um, won't you love me? Uh-huh. But so, uh, so JJ uh, is with the worst teacher of all time. God, like, this teacher this trash bag. I've never. I mean, I truly. Besides, like, Cameron Diaz in Bad Teacher, I don't know that there's a worse teacher that I can remember. Like, truly, he's one of the worst I can, I could, on a shorthand name. Right? He, Besides the ones that... But how would you like, compare him to Ari Grainer in Bad TV, be Bad Teacher the TV show? I would say, oh, well, I would say yeah. he's even worse than Mr. Schuster from Glee. Whoa! Uh, he is, I think he, he Well, he is, is, yes. Yeah. He really who is. Else is he wor- who else is as bad as But him? then again, I mean... We- there's the murderous teachers from Teen Wolf. So oh, like, well, fuck Miss Grundy from Riverdale. Oh, rest, yeah, yeah. Rest in hell. Fucking pedophile. But, like, there are teachers that definitely stepped the line. Like, like uh, I can't think of the, the other teachers that stepped the line with Pacey Witter. But, um... Oh, t- uh, Miss Jacobs. Tamara. Jacobs. Yes. Tamara. Oh, my God. Tamara. Uh, but, yeah. Tamara Jacobs. I can picture his voice saying Tamara. Tamara. <laughs> God. Because, <laughs> like, well, not, like... This is a vulnerable share, guys. Do you need I a moment? Like the fact that my name was in that, <laughs> so I used to hear Pacey Witter say Mara. You have so many problems. <laughs> Look, man, I'm not a perfect person. Uh, uh, so anyway, so he uh, is with the teacher who's like the worst teacher of all time, Mr. Litchfield, and like this guy. Is it is a class A creep? I mean, when you out creep Stephen A. Collins in an episode of TV, you gotta be yeah, doing. Something when you're out creeping an actual real life child molester, congratulations! Right. Like this dude. I mean, he's a good actor. I, I guess. feel like, like this is going. This podcast is going to upset people. <laughs> the the no ordinary family podcast will be the one we get all the complaints about. I mean, look, I'm not criticizing him as an actor. He's doing a good job. It's just he's so creepy in this whole role, like from day one. Because, like, okay. 
to give a little Wait, bit of he, he's story. an asshole like even when jj's an idiot too so exactly yeah so jj starts out as an as someone who's trouble in class and then he's like struggling in this teacher's class and the teacher's like a complete asshole to him just like i mean like unabashedly <laughs> just like rude and, like, like how dare you struggle you're so stupid and, like just a shitty teacher you can all imagine we've all had shitty teachers and then like he becomes a genius and then it's like, oh, instead of, like, embracing this kid who's now, like, basically, like, a savant who you could help coach to become an Ivy League student, and if you're smart, like, would help you to do better in your own career, depending upon how they do it. Like, that's what good teachers do, is help other people around them do better so they can increase their, like, own situation besides, like, you know, everyone wants to have uh, protégés to go on to do good things because they want to see themselves Unless help you're a bitter, bitter man. Right. Or, I mean, regardless of that, though, he is immediately suspicious of JJ, like, mm-hmm. you're cheating, and all Although, that JJ, it, like... he couldn't have cheated off anyone, if considering how well he did. Yeah, honestly. I mean, who else did that well? No one. Okay, mm-hmm. he couldn't have cheated. But I think he thinks he's, like, seeking answers in or something, or he memorized, whatever. So then he's, like, giving him all these, like, special tests, and there's, like, a whole bunch of plots in the early season where, like... At first, JJ doesn't want to tell everyone he's smart now because he's embarrassed that he wasn't smart before. He definitely doesn't tell him that his teacher bullies him. Yeah, exactly. Like, with the the, the pushover like his father. I'm sure that's where (laughs) it came from. I don't know. But so, like, the teacher is, like, immediately, like, suspicious of him from day one. So he's always been on his ass regardless. But now, like, the teacher, of course, he's an awful person, is, like, immediately... I don't think he's even, like, blackmailed. He's just, like, approached by Stephen Creep Collins and, like, given money or, like... Pressure to get this like long biochemical um, formula, like like formula yeah. but like it's actually to solve problems <laughs> to get the formula. So like, there's a whole like weird convoluted thing where they basically instead of trying to go through J- go through JJ's actual mother and like have him come in as an instead intern of, or something, like having a site, just having someone who's smart on staff, I guess. I know <laughs> they can't child. afford to hire the right personnel, so they're trying to get this this genius child to do their work for them. Like, yeah, they could have contacted the mother and tried to get him to come in as, like, a special after-school, like, you know, study thing, or, like, they, they eventually just, they go to the teacher, he's in the academic decathlon or something, so the teacher's gonna slip him the, the formula in order to prep for the academic decathlon, and he's like, this, this question, I mean, because he's this genius now, he's like, this question's way too hard for me to do, how the fuck am I supposed he's to like, well, why he's am I doing this? Not way too hard, he's like, no one else has this in the practice thing. Yeah. And that's the that's the weirdest part to me is like the easiest thing he could have done is just given everyone the question. Or he could have also just well JJ could have just talked to a principal or someone. Oh, I don't believe me. There is literally no reason for him to keep this quiet. No, it's it's not it's sad. It's like that's, I guess realistic. That's the problem. That if you're going to be like, "Oh, we're going to make it, you know, kind of like realistic and focus on, you know, the family and the school stuff." Then at least try. There's to no have reason him even to even say like Mom, Dad, I'm he struggling with this, and I'm a genius. Why is my teacher giving me questions? There, it's difficult. He did not need, like he could have added his sister, you know, listening in on what the teacher was thinking or whatever. But like, he could have also just asked someone for help. Yeah, I mean, l- listen. There's like at least three major easy options here. Is for the teacher if he really wanted to manipulate this out of him, he could have given it to everyone along with like other hard questions and say it was like the say, tough this questions. This one's like a bonus one. Exactly. If you can get it, you do extra good. Two. Embrace the fact that JJ's the genius. Actually, be nice to him for five minutes and manipulate him into being a little protege and giving him extra hard work. Yeah. And then slip this along with that. Or three, 
just outright ask him, hey, I've been struggling this in my own personal fucking life to do work. Could you help me? Like, there are other ways you could approach this and, like, be honest with him to some degree. Because he's not an idiot now. And he really probably wasn't that much of an idiot before in that sense. He's like, why are you giving me work that's way above even, like, a college mathematician level? Like, again, criminals level. Like, these are the types of questions that, like, are unsolvable, essentially. Like, they, I, don't think, they've run you know what? I don't think it's numbers level. I think it's scorpion level. And we're just going to do this. <laughs> yeah. But it really is. Like, it's basically operating at a level where it's, like... They're trying to imply the fact that, like, JJ's the only person in the world that could solve it. It's like, alright, let, let's at least attempt to see other people solve it and show us that no one can solve it. Because basically in this, you just see the teacher give him the number and then later on we find out they're, like, trying to get the information through him. But, like, the teacher is such an, an asshole from the beginning. You're you're immediately just, like, suspicious for J- Like, it's not good writing at this point because nothing the teacher does is at all normal so you're immediately on edge and i guess you're supposed to be like in jj's place with that but like they don't even the whole twist of the teacher being told to give him this information is not a twist because he like is on the phone talking to stephen collins and like eventually the sister reads his mind like why wouldn't you just hold all they had to do is have the teacher give him that information and have jj like in a c plot solve this hard problem and be really proud of it and then the twist at the end be like the sister reading his brain and finding out it was actually all manipulation yeah there, this, there's too much the there's all. there's definitely too much telegraphing what the story is going to do before it it should be like it you i agree it could you could have built a lot more suspense on a lot of the storylines they did on this show and it's all it just becomes like an obvious reveal on every single thing so yeah sometimes it feels like this this show in particular and like some shows similar to this not necessarily berlanti shows but like very like kind of like heroes where it sort of just feels like a a high school kid wrote a, a short story and it's like you don't have to run down every single line of thought like you could just let him solve the problem and let that be a background story for a while but they give every single plot line a full like magnifying glass to every possible option even though they don't even solve all they have more issues than solutions most of the time but it's just it's it's confusing and i think it's partly because it is for the full time i don't know well, but i think that's why um like a lot of the show's failure to me and re-watching this was and I, yeah i said failure even though i love it um, is that it was kind of boring. Like, it was... Yeah. And I think that's, you know, they were stretching it out to 20 episodes, and it's really like a show that could have been 13. And you could have done yeah. a really tight 13 and not had all of these, like, drawn-out, ridiculous things, like, with the teacher. But this was still before they would suggest that, that, right, this that was solution. 2010-2011. And I will say, like, having watched Supergirl, I haven't watched the other ones, I think that is an issue they still struggle oh, with. Oh, absolutely. it's hard sometimes I mean, to keep everything... The same, they should just do shorter episodes, man. The same and thing. Netflix is I totally agree. And I, I watch some of those shows, too. And, I'm, and I sit there and I think, it'd be a real tight 13 here, because there's a lot of filler. And, yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of, like, people talking about it. Which is fun. I mean, some people like that, but I'm like, I this is not what I want in a, in a superhero show. And... I think even like a crime show, because this is basically like a crime show slash family show slash superhero show. And it was reminding me of like, slash like musical. technically, slash musical, of course, <laughs> uh, music video. <laughs> um, but like, it's basically like Law and Order on its, on the surface could be very boring. And some of the episodes of Law and Order are boring. And some of the episodes of the spinoffs of Law and Order are more boring than others. But like, I think there's a huge factor in why Law and Order stays pretty like watchable or rewatchable is because it's quick. 
Well, and proce- like even the boring stuff is pretty quick. Because but like, all the like talking to random procedurals stuff. in general, they stay what they are because they're comfortable. You know what you're going right. to get. You watch Law and Order, you know what you're going to get. You watch Criminal Minds, you know exactly what you're going to get out of it in that hour, and you're like, <laughs> oh, this is easy. I don't have to like adjust my thinking. But when you get a show like this that doesn't know what it wants to be. And it's like it's three, too much of everything. It's three, four different genres. Is it a high school show? Is yeah. it a family show? Is it a Law and Order type show? You know, is it a superhero show? And then you're like, oh, what's happening here? Just yeah, that works in the pilot, but it, like when you keep going, that means that you're gonna have like four storylines every single episode, right. and they're all different genres because one's a family drama, one's a relationship drama, one's a crime drama, and one's a superhero drama, and they're all in this episode. And it's just too much. I mean, it just becomes so much that you're like, wait a minute, which one is this about? Okay, yeah, I, th- I guess it's, re- it's related to that. Because some of them cross cross over. And, I mean, I only bring up, like, also, like, Law & Order because, like, they have whole swaths of episodes where, like, it's all, like, like four interviews of people that lead nothing. Like, it's all unrelated information, but it helps you get to the final plot. But they're always, like, pretty quick. Like, the interviews are very, like, straightforward. There's some quippiness. There's, like, back and forth. And then, then bam, bam, next, next scene. Like, this... It's like, not only are we seeing, like, the whole scene where him being introduced with the, the math problem, mm-hmm. we get a follow-up where he talks to the, the Stephen Collins. He's like, I got it, sir. I'm going to get the information. And then we mm-hmm. also find <clears> him <throat> in the hallway, and he's like, oh, I don't know what to do with it. Like, it's like, you don't need all this. Just show us one scene. <laughs> like, and, like it's like three scenes that for, like, basically given a math problem. Like, what? Yeah, I had to double-check something, because I, I want to talk about more about just the terrible teacher, basically. So, because I, I was thinking about like really awful, awful teacher, and I was thinking Greg Berlanti, Dawson's Creek, and he wrote the episodes of Dawson's Creek where uh, Jack comes out, and it's because of you know the terrible, terrible teacher who basically meets, makes him read his poem, and then Pacey gets into it with the teacher. Like he, that teacher is like a terrible teacher, but like in the way where it like it's realistic, right? N- you, not you mean- in the. You mean not the way where he's working for a supervillain to make you do math? Exactly. Well, not yeah. the way where he just won't let this kid up. Like, he's not happy with the kid regardless of what he does, you know? No, that's a great point. Because it's, uh, the, the reason why I brought up the fact that he's, like, the worst teacher of all time is it's, like, he's not even, like... Like, I don't mind a bad teacher. Like, I, I like I like when someone is an actually, like, aggressively, like, villainous-style teacher because it's interesting. Like, you want someone who's, like... A complete hmm. monster, in and yeah, some and Pacey calls that guy out. JJ, yeah, on the other hand, won't so. even tell anyone what a yeah. monster this guy he, is. He never gets called out at all. The whole series until he dies. Spoiler, but like, even then, he didn't get called out. He like fucked up on his own, unrelated to school. Like he didn't even get his comeuppance like academically. Like he should have been called out as a bad teacher. Full stop. Yeah, but like, regardless of that, like he's not a bad teacher just because he's like a shitty, like unfair teacher to JJ. He's a bad teacher just because like. He doesn't want to be a teacher. It's very clear. Like, he's like yeah. a really, like, annoyed person and, like, clearly very bitter and, like, angry. And, like, it just is... I want that addressed. They never address it. It's so strange that he's never given any kind of... Like, he's treated, like, as a bad guy, mm-hmm. per se. But, like, other kids, like, laugh at JJ when he makes jokes about JJ in class, like, earlier on in the season, I think. So, like, he's not really treated to the same level of, like... He's not, like, a bad teacher in the, in the, the more traditional sense. He's, like, the bad teacher because he doesn't like our hero. Well, he's a but bad... people he's, like him. He's a bad teacher because he's a bad man, I think. That's exactly. the yeah. key there. Yeah, it's weird. And but it's, so, just, it's, yeah, it's basically a point of how this show obviously has a lot in common with a lot of Berlanti things, but it's just, like, the worst of every possible Berlanti thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. But also, also I um, love it. 
so then, moving on from that, though, uh, we get more of, of course, Stephen Collins being the creep and the half. Um, and then we also get introduced to the fact that um, Eric Balfour's on the show. So, the Eric Balfour He's just Balfour clawed stuff, up cars like an idiot. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Like, He's asking to be caught. I mean, this is so insane. Listen, the guy just got off a death row, so he's not the most stable person that you would want to have superpowers. Listen, man, if I just, I mean, this is me taking a stretch, because I don't know that I'll ever, knock on wood, I won't end up on death row, but like. Oh my god. (laughs) Like, it's crazy to me. (laughs) Like, he's in a place where he gets off a fucking death row, and he's so willing to almost get caught again. Like, wouldn't you, like, the one thing I like about, I mean, I think actually- we were talking about the, the writers. I think they actually also work for Prison Break, so it's ironic that they also work for Prison Break and then also wrote for this. But <laughs> uh, regardless of that, like at least the good thing about Prison Break is once everybody got out of prison, their whole goal was to not go back to prison. That was like their whole life's goal is like uh, get out of prison. I'm pretty sure they they go back to prison. Well, listen, that's not related. But I, they didn't want to. I mean, they didn't have to. <laughs> they, they didn't want to, but Fox wanted to revive the series. And yeah, you... I didn't watch the second or after they got out of prison. I kind of was like, all right, this is too much about teabag. I, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure they went back to prison even before like the reboot. Like, no, they did. In the I fourth season, like, there was some clue in the prison. Who knows? But like, regardless, they mostly uh, up until the point where they got out. The original goal when the show was watchable was to get out of prison and stay out of prison. Can I tell you and this one more prison most... break thing? I know, real quick. <laughs> Apparently for the Prison Break video game, you don't, like, play Lincoln or the other one. You play, like, you play a fed trying to put someone in prison. (laughs) (laughs) If that isn't the most fucking... I I didn't even know there was a Prison Break video game. I learned that, and it's like, you're, like, corrupt, and so you're planting things, I think, too. Excuse me? Like, so wait a minute. Yeah, it's called Prison Break the Conspiracy. And it's for uh, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and Microsoft. Wait a minute, Microsoft. though. So okay, like, okay, so Prison Break the is based me. on the events of the first season of Fox's convict drama. However, rather than playing his main character, Michael Schofield, players instead take control of Tom Paxton, an agent with covert oper- organization, the, the company, who must go undercover as a prisoner within Fox River State Penitentiary to ensure that the falsely incarcerated Lincoln Burroughs must be executed in the electric chair. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> like, look. That makes sense to me on one level because this is fucking white America and they want you to be on the side of the goddamn prison cops or whatever. <laughs> but that's like so beyond the point of what the show was, though. So that's, no, exactly. That's that's like, like, I love least, it. That's like an Listen, X Files video it. game, but you play the cigarette smoking man. Exactly. <laughs> what? But also, like on another level, I would actually not that I would respect it, but I'd understand it more if it was just that. But you're saying not only is it not just keeping prisoners in prison, your goal is level, to get him electrocuted. <laughs> No, that's bad enough. That doesn't make sense. Wait a minute. That makes that's horrible, but it makes sense because that's a shitty concept. You're saying he also has to like set him up, like place stuff. Oh my god. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. So you're actually like just corrupt. Like at least you're like the prison guard. So the game is split into nine chapters, all of which the real story followed, but like obviously not the part where you want him to stay in prison and die. God. Oh my god. If there's anything, like, how is that not just called, like, Prison Break the, the Industrial Complex? Like, Jesus that, Christ. That is truly, like, white nonsense right there. Because... That's no, Trump's and America also, like, is what it is. Yeah. yeah, and also, like, what the fuck? Like, why would you also involve the fact that they're clearly corrupt? Like, it, like if your goal is to get people to side with the prison 
the prison guards or the, the FBI or whatever make them the good guys. Like, they're clearly not the good guys, both in real life and in this game. Like, what the fuck? It's, no no a, offense to FBI and the prison guards out there, but, like, let's be real. There's a lot of corruption in that industry, among others. But, like, yikes. Like, what are they trying to do? That is insane. <laughs> what that, are you talking about? I remember. <laughs> That's absurd. I need to play this game, honestly. Oh my god! I gotta watch. I'll see if it's on Twitch later. That sounds amazing. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Yeah. So. So. Oh my god. Fucking Prison Break the video game. You had me already. Like, what the fuck? At Prison Break the video game, and then you explain what it was about. Um. So. Cause like, what the? F- I guess. It was, like, okay. Not to go back on it this too much, but like, why would you not make the video game about escaping prison? That's such an easy video game. That's like half the Batman Arkham games. Like, what the fuck? Like. Shit. I'm so I'm so who dumb. Who pitched it? <laughs> like, who, who's I, whose idea was it? It, oh, it can't be the first one. Maybe there was other ones, and that was like its new iteration is trying to make it about the other side. I don't fucking know what that's just that's absurd. <sighs> Jesus. But so so <laughs> getting back to the episode <laughs> about Eric Balfour. So he's playing this like again another thing where they immediately like. Oh, God, it's so annoying. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm so annoyed having to describe this nail suddenly. Like, it just, like, hit me, like, this sucks. So, Eric Balfour is playing, like, a human slash question mark, like, animal. Like, he's a lion. I never realized. I don't like, know what he's supposed to be. vampire thing. He's got vampire No, he's fangs, a cat. That's a cat. Isn't it, like, a male lion? Oh. It's like, what the fuck? I don't know if it, what's more upsetting, that or the visual effects in the fight scene. Oh. Listen, I have notes thing. later on. I have the notes later on where I was like, look, I don't like the fact that he's a, a were-cat or whatever he is, but, like, among other things, one of the most upsetting parts of it is the fact that his nails come out of his knuckles. Yes! It's so upsetting, you guys. Like, I, I had a hard time watching the scenes with him because I kept imagining the nails getting hit and then falling backwards. Well, that's just, like, a straight-up uh, Wolverine thing. Gore. But Yeah, but it's not, like, they're not long nails, guys. No, they're so, they're they not. couldn't afford... They couldn't afford the CGI for the full nail, because that's too much to, to get rid of the rest of his finger. So they have these, like, I'll describe it. It's like, they look like, they kind of just look like, you know, like fingernails. Like, he got, like, a really, like, expensive gel set on, and, and he's got nails that are, like, an inch and a half long, but kind of look like talons slash claws, like a cat claw, I guess. But they're huge. But regardless, they're, like, on each of his knuckles, on both hands, they come out. And it's especially awkward because, as they describe, most cats don't have four, or most animals don't have five nails. They have four because there's paws and then there's the thumb. So his But they pinky. wanted to keep it like, you know, what? So his pinky has the claw. No, his, his thumb oh. does too. That's what the awkward one is, basically. So every all the cats have the four paw thing where they have the little, like, on each nail. The fact that he has his thumbnail with this with also another ex- extra nail on there. They're trying to keep it, like, funky because it's like, ha-ha, he's the cat. He's the one killing people. That's why it's so suspicious because not all animals, like I said, not oh, how many animals have five claws? Are we going to go through that again? No, no, no. But I only mean it to say, like, they, they basically, like, wrote themselves in the corner because they wanted to be like, ha-ha, he's a human who has nails on each of his fingers. It's like, I don't, does Wolverine have five? I no, think he's, he's got four. four. 
And so does because that's the normal and, thing. And, <laughs> it makes no sense to have well, five. Even, even I think Freddy could make it even not. Freddy Krueger only has four. Exactly because guys, it looks weird. I'll I'll leave it. I'll leave an image in the in the uh, description. It looks weird as fuck to have an extra nail on your finger because basically when he's fighting or anytime he has the nails out, he has these four nails which are also again grody looking because they're little tiny nails on his knuckles and you're like, is that a nail? I guess. Um, but like then there's these other nails on his thumbs and the thumbs because of the way your thumbs are, especially when you're holding them as a fist. Uh, anyone listening to this, hold your hand as a fist. Oh my your god, thumb goes this podcast. To... <laughs> I know, but it's, it's important, guys, I swear. Your thumb goes to the side. It doesn't stay upward like the rest of your fingers. So it's like he's got this random, like, thumbnail <laughs> sticking out. It looks so fucking stupid. Because, listen, if you're fighting someone with your fucking claw nails as an animal, you're not going to even use the thumbnail. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Like, honestly, if you even think back to the scene where he, like, claws and mauls that lady to death, I'm not sure how physically he's able to do that with the fifth <laughs> claw because it's thumbnail. It's off to the side. So he would have had to, like, really, like, like claw with his thumb out. Like, uh, listen, I'm not trying to say it's not possible, but I'd like to see the physics behind how that was even done. There's a reason why most cats only have four claws because it does not make sense to have an extra one is all i'm trying to say thank you for like, joining us for this episode of csi <laughs> cats <laughs> truly but like again this is the kind of shit like you have to like watch him like i only bring it up because you have to watch him like this gross like effect with the claws come out like all the time and then they like, clearly they're like we spent money on these claws we want to show them <laughs> it's like all he's doing is like clawing a car it's like why would you even do that this scene is not that long, and we're still talking about the clawing of the car. Lucy Lawless like, is here now. Just use a key, though. Like, why are you even using your claws? You're not trying to open it. You're just being a dick. I know what I mean. Like, you're not doing anything different than a normal person can do. This isn't even that intense. Like, uh, use that at least to, like, eat, a, eat something or something. You know what I mean? Like, do something weird. Like... Like, he's, he clawed an animal up, and he's, like, clawing the animal. Like, something I mean, weird. they're clearly rubber. So. <laughs> it's so stupid. I really beg you to watch at least his scenes. They're so funny, because it's so dumb. And so, he he's, like, clawing down some cars, and she's like, hey, you want a job? And then, so he's like, okay, I'll get in the car. So he gets offered the job in the prior episode, and then he's, like, now her, like, uh, you know, I guess, like, hitman, essentially, or, like, detective to, to kill all the other supers and he's um, like i'm no animal and she told him go fetch because she says fuck you to everything you just said yeah can i also like that whole interchange where she says to them like so he says you fuck this up they're gonna know it was a uh like a human being that killed this i'm like first of all why would they think that but regardless she's like you're gonna fuck this up they're gonna figure out the body came from us somehow I guess because it's going to test the body. No one even does that. Maybe she that should until... have read up more about this guy who was on death row <laughs> and, like, what his mental state was. And if, you know... Honestly, like, if why he's good she to go. Have... Uh, there's so many questions. She just, all she this, read was like, that, like, he was on death row. And was like, fine by me. Good enough. Good enough. All her, all her charges That'll are, do, are pig. death row. Well, that's... But so... Yeah. That's enough. But so... Yeah. He literally talks about the fact that after he mauled someone, I'm not... Listen, man... Just because I'm like this doesn't mean I'm an animal. I'm like, you mauled someone, bro. <laughs> that makes you an animal. I was also, like, what are you talking about? Is she about? paying him or anything? Because I don't know. I, he's given, she's giving him the drugs. Only, so I guess maybe he wants to If he was an animal, way. maybe say no to this. This what she's asking. <sighs> like, 
what define animal because to me animal is murdering someone with your claws <laughs> like and come on clearly have taking what? pleasure in everything you're doing exactly like you don't say that kind of a sentence like it's almost like someone wrote him a different way and then eric balfour came in and he's like yeah i can't do that i'm gonna play it this way <laughs> and so he read that line and he was like just because i'm like this doesn't mean i'm an animal like you didn't show us like he was like uncontrollably urged to kill her like give me something like that i've watched so many fucking vampire shows i get it like it's a shitty thing it's a cop-out but Okay, you have bloodlust. Fine. None of that's even shown later on. He's, like, toying with people. Which, again, he's a cat. I guess you could say, quote-unquote. Cats play with their ad- their meat. Give us that. Like, make it like, you know, he's playing with them before he kills them. And then they distract Then they distract him at the end with a big ball of yarn. <laughs> the end. But, like, it, it really is. Like, he's acting like, I'm not an animal. I'm like, but you're acting like one and you seem to enjoy this and you're taking medicine to stay an animal. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, yes, you are an animal. <laughs> Embrace it! Like, what are you talking about? But he's furious at her for, like, He you just know, said, I am an like... animal and howled at the moon. <laughs> yeah, exactly, to be honest. And so, um, also, aside, we, we mentioned it briefly before, he's got this awful, like, Nicolas Cage and Conair-style Alabama accent or something. It's bad. It is, like, it's... It's like uh, it's like on the dial. If you go any further, it's Sling Blade, basically. So it's like yikes. And so he's like, you know, not great at it either. So every single time he's talking, I'm just like, oh god, this is not great. And then it it moves on from like his bad accent to bless his heart, this coroner who calls, uh, I guess it's Jim, right? I think it's well, who Chickless? He calls Chickless, and he's like, uh. You have to see this for yourself. And I was like, well, this guy's clearly going to die because he's not great at acting. It was very awkward because he's just like so excited about this this new. I'm like, well, I mean, Jesus, let's let's not get that hasty over something crazy that happened. And they all go running down. Again, like he said, they, the, the sketch artist for the police precinct and the DA go down to the coroner's office to look at some evidence. <coughs> and then they find out that the coroner was mauled in the same way. So much blood. Just, and then they cut right to the blue skies title card that's so stupid and also like if your if your goal is to cover up your tracks of not getting rid of a body you should not leave another body there like what are you doing it's like he is stupid lucy wallace is right like at least take both bodies and just leave it like an awkward like empty mess with some blood like you don't need both bodies to prove it was an animal because then you know it's the same per Like, no one was even on your trail until this- I mean, I guess technically the, the sketch artist that randomly thought an animal attack was a, was a super murder. But, like, r- the police weren't on your trail from what you could tell. I guess the, maybe the, the coroner would have said something, but regardless, it's all very, like, oh, suddenly he's, like, covering his tracks over an, over an animal attack. And clearly now they know it's not just a normal murder. They now know it's, it's someone it's killed super. a woman and someone killed a coroner. And so they're like, oh! and so they're, they're off to find out whoever the hell could have done that or whatever the hell could have done that. Um, and then meanwhile, like we said, the shitty boyfriend um, is not only trying to get um, Daphne to use her powers to help him out later on, tries to get J.D. to do his sister's homework so they can cut for the concert, which is like, dude... You don't even know this guy that well. Like, what are you doing? Jesus, man. Maybe JJ (laughs) wanted to see Sarah Bareilles, too. (laughs) Yeah. And also, like, JJ, have some fucking balls. Like, what are you doing? Just, like, immediately, like, okay, I'll I'll let you guys go off to this concert. Like, also, like. Yeah, he's he's like, I know what's what. So are you going to tell everyone? Is that the threat you're making now? 
Oh, uh, yeah, we should say he threatens JJ by, like, I'll tell everyone if you don't do this for me. Like, JJ should be like, go ahead, tell someone. My sister will erase your memory. And he'll be like, what? Like, let that be the problem. Or tell like, someone, and then I'll tell my sister, and she can ask you and read your mind about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's so many ways he could have responded. He's just this genius. besides Julie Benz. Then immediately, like, yeah, I mean, just go tell your parents, man. I know it makes you a rat, but, like, look, there's a problem here. We've got a third interloper that knows about us that's not Katie or, or uh, Romy Malco. Someone's got to intervene. That's an easy, like, oh, the mother... Eventually, guess what? It becomes a problem. The sister has to do that. Like, there's a reason why this, this all could have just been escalated in this episode and not the next one, basically. But um, in this, he's like, oh, I'm pissed. I, I'll yell at Daphne, but I'm still going to do your work so you can cut class or whatever. I, I guess he doesn't actually do it, but she's able to cut anyway. That whole bit yeah, kind of gets thrown Yeah, he doesn't need to do it. He, he doesn't really have time because he's busy diagnosing staph infections. So. <laughs> and then doing impossible math problems. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, then JJ immediately goes to her, yeah. right? And, like, yeah. Freaks out. Yeah. Freaks out at her and like. You could have kept pushing his thoughts. Him. Well, that's not. That's not good either. <laughs> no, it is. It's very it bad. Is. He should have realized like that's not a good. But also like this whole scene that's is, like children shouldn't have superpowers. Yeah, and also that's when you break up with it. I know she's a teenage teenager, and like it's always going to be more understandable for them to be a little bit flaky and like make decisions that are a little bit more naive. But, like, realistically, there's a reason why a lot of superhero tropes are superheroes realizing that their powers are going to affect people they love and then bowing out. Like, it's it's kind of a rote trope for a reason. I can see them not wanting to do that again, maybe. But they don't really even address that. They don't make it so that she, like... All she really has to do in this situation, too, is say, like... I guess it's kind of like the peer pressure argument as well. But, like, she could just be like, dude, I don't want to cut class. Also, problem solved. Also, this guy sucks and he's not worth it, so. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that. there's that. There's clearly that, too, but, ugh, Jesus. And so, she, she's, no like, kind of defending is the JJ, problem. None of this family has self Like, it's crazy. <laughs> the low self-esteem They're all, like, pals. it's, like, Michael Chiklis, who's, like, a fucking literal human rock, and then there's, like, Julie Benz, who is, like, the ethereal, like, 300 year old like gorgeous person no, you know what she she's the only one who does have self-esteem but she has to also true. right now try to do sub subterfuge with Stephen collins but there are times stupid there family. are times where i think with her family where she like plays second wheel to like make jim feel happy which is like dude you're clearly in charge of everything yeah <laughs> like you should just run the show but like uh and then and you have jj and, and daphne who are both like i mean relative i mean i guess his with his hair and his like he <laughs> He's a little cooler. He gets on the football team at one point. So, like, he's not Are, were you calling cool. his hair cool? Because no, 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 no. I was I'm trying to say like he's not super cool, but he does get on the football team, so he kind of becomes like mostly cool. Oh yes, because he can but... use his brain to football. That's right. Yeah, which made no sense, but because he, <laughs> then... he knows physics. He knows physics. I mean, it's the... better than Clark Kent joining the football team, even because even though he has superpowers and can hurt everyone. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan Kent was right for once. That was so. Oh God. A no, goddamn season of football. <laughs> Why? And then um, Daphne, who I think is, I guess, arguably, like, quote-unquote cool like, compared to JJ, but is I guess she? she's still, like, you know, insecure. She's just not a loser, though. apparently. Yeah. But she has no self But, like, the whole family, for people that are pretty much, like, well-adjusted, they're all, like, completely, like, pushovers. It's crazy. Because <laughs> I guess about superheroes, like, you get superpowers and then you go from being, you know, nerdy to kind of cool or whatever. But yeah. they're just, they still have all of their... Like, they have no coolness, they have no self-esteem, they're just... And what's weird to me is that Clark Kent was yeah. more believably uncool than these people were, and it's fucking Tom... 
I, I just don't understand how you can have Tom Welling be a nerd and these people be not as, not as believably nerdy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's more understandably like, oh, well, he sticks up for himself when he can, but he's mostly like, you know, shy farm boy. Like, mm-hmm. so he's just polite. And, yeah, like, he's a sure himself, caution. but within reason, because he knows he could kill someone. <laughs> yeah, and he also has a huge secret that if it gets out, he's like, he's very nervous all the time. Like, that makes sense. But they're kind of nervous. This happens long they're before just, they even, like... They're, they're born like nervous. Losers. Yeah, they're all, like, loser nerds. This is what happens when you mis- mix up, like, a scientist with, like, a sketch artist. So. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so... They so were doomed. They, they argue about it, but Daphne eventually says, like, whatever, I'll deal with it. And then um, Chickless goes to the crime scene with... Um, with uh stephanie which is also weird because like what is she doing there like, she's there she's there to her. steal evidence which is always no, but, good well which is crazy but like there's no excuse for her showing up well, why are they like why is this scientist there is an excuse it's for me to write the note oh berlanti you work so hard when the super speed moment happened i'm like he deserves everything he, he's earned since then <laughs> <laughs> poor God. guy he wanted it so bad, and it's so. This is. I have questions about this whole scene too, because they go to the crime scene for some reason. Jim goes in first. You should have just put her in first if that was the whole plan. Like he just goes <laughs> in, and like, walk around, make a scene, let everyone recognize him, so that they're like, "Why well, is the no, sketch artist?" He, at the he realized after the fact. Maybe I should get the get the wife. I'm useless. Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, way inappropriate. Like, if they did see you there with your wife, they'd probably be like, why are you bringing your wife to the crime scene, dude? This is inappropriate. This is a workplace. <laughs> but also, <laughs> why are you here? Yeah. Yeah, they do say that to them. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> it's like, yeah, thank you. One guy doing his job. <laughs> like, thank you, that dude. Uh, but so he goes in, he looks around, and he sees his quote-unquote, well, there's, like, there's a bunch of blood but no body, which finally they actually got the, the right method for for murdering someone don't leave the body behind to, to get caught and then um he goes through and sees what he says quote unquote is drug paraphernalia which is just like a needle it's like dude it's not even like a needle like a heroin needle it's just like a straight up like phlebotomy kit like i'm i'm taking injections like he needs insulin or something like it's very like not necessarily like quote unquote drugs but he's of course looking for anything that you know, has to do with the drug that they are researching. Well, no, it's, cl- just... it's clearly a gang member on PCP. That's who did this. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, God, a gang member on PCP. Oh, oh gee. Uh, but so, like, uh, they 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 immediately know it's this drug that's been kind of like the looming big bad of the season, which is just that they're, they're researching this drug at the, like, Omega Corp kind of thing that, um, uh, Stephanie is on, like, the research team for with, with Katie, who's on Racer as her assistant, um, or colleague, and, uh, they're looking into what caused the superpowers in them, and so they're using this on convicts and other people, they're testing it, so that's the suspicious part of it. Always a good and, idea to test your Yeah, test, test your convict. superpower formula on convicts. I mean, Classic. I've seen Batman and Robin, I saw how it worked for Poison Ivy and Bane, <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah, right? Uh, so they immediately, um, realize this is part of that like situation They're like oh it's the drug so he goes in uh sees that she's like let me handle this it should have been me all along because she's the one that recognizes because she's, what she's the only there. one that's competent on this she's, yeah but like she recognizes them on site she knows the drug what is the point of michael chiklis there is yeah and also like i guess she wants to take it so they can't test it i i guess but like 
she says it like she's gonna go in there and recognize it, and then she happens to steal the maybe drug. Maybe they and then... should let the cops see it. Maybe the cops should blow this whole case wide open. Right! It doesn't necessarily reveal their drug? supers. Listen, even if this was just, like, an actual, like, dementia drug that's, like, driving people crazy or something, that still belongs with the cops. They should still work the case. That's still a crime. Just because there's superpowers involved. Just let the cops live, Powell family. Yeah. And, like, the weirdest part is, to me, she takes this... So there's a guy, like, a, you should at least, like, let her get in and grab it from, like, a bedroom before they see it or some shit. There's a guy literally holding, a, like, a tube with the There's a guy who's losing it. his job. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's holding an evidence baggie and, like, the, the test tube where he, like, pulled the medicine from and then the drugs are there. And she grabs it from him and he, like, looks down and it's suddenly gone. I'm like, that guy is absolutely gonna be like, what the fuck just happened? Like, he's not gonna be... He's gonna realize something went missing, and especially once they realized where are all these drugs that you just you said that were here, you're backing up. Like that should now it's become an issue because they're all gonna be like, What the fuck? So she she's like, Oh my god, uh this is the drug and she's like, I knew it, like there's there's it's gotta be a super that murdered them, we're gonna figure this out. And brings it back like smugly in front of a crowd of people. Like, like, runs in and runs out. Like, I get the fact that she's able to run super fast. Okay. But, like, give me... I, I don't watch The Flash. I don't know the way that they do it on that show. But give me someone who, like, at least does it around corners. You know what I mean? Like, don't do it in front of people. Because they're gonna notice when she's just not there one second and they're the next. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, like, on The Flash, Barry probably would have been, like, looking at it while he was running around and then just, like, put it somewhere. <laughs> You know? Yeah. And then come well, like, back and been like, it was this. Go down the street. Yeah. And but also, like, Barry has a reason to be at crime scene. Yeah, that's the smart yeah. thing they did there, was they actually gave Barry a police job, so. And, like, regardless of that, though, it's, like, the weirdest part to me is, like, why, like, okay, say it's something, like, I'm trying to think of, I guess it's, like, I Dream of Jeannie, or, like, uh, or Janet on The Good Place. Like, if you're popping in and out of places, it's still noticeable. Like, people are gonna be like, what the fuck? Someone just disappeared. Or, like, on Charmed, like, the white lettering. Like, you, you're gonna get noticed disappearing from somewhere. Like, the people around you are just standing there doing nothing. They're waiting for the crime scene to get, like, opened up. So they're not, like, distracted. So, like, she just disappears. Like, they're gonna be like, Jim, what the fuck happened to your wife? Where'd she go? And then she shows up again. They're like, wait a minute, what? Like, there's not enough time spent to me on that to make it, like, at least believable that no one would notice. Because, and also she comes back holding a bag. So she's just something with a bag in her hand. Anyway. So she, she shows up, has the, the stuff, and they're going to now research who it could be based off of the fact that they know it's a super. Um, meanwhile, um, Daphne does decide to cut class because the boyfriend, I guess, somehow talks her into it. You don't really even see that scene, do you? Like, she just she just never deal with any of the problems. I don't know. And yeah. the relationship continues to, fl- to flounder. They, like, like, you know, uh, Jedi mind teenagers. She Jedi mind tricks the principal and gets some spending cash. Which oh, yeah. I, 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 my note, this note I just wrote for it is the boyfriend is awful, but she's awful for not having a spine. Yeah. Yeah, and also like I guess it's kind of interesting because I mean then um, to me it's like on a better show um it, they might have actually like there's actually interesting like power what? dynamic issues mm-hmm. that mirror the fact that she's able to push people that he's using on her as an abusive boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And they're not really addressing it. Like he's able to manipulate her in the same way that she's manipulating other people with her superpower. 
that'd be an interesting correlation to draw, but they never do. In fact, she basically leaves the relationship like feeling like she's the bad guy. I'm like, well, on a better show, awful to you too. She might actually have friends who might see what's yeah. something wrong. She might have she friends. She does have a friend, period. right? Like in the beginning, but I guess maybe she stops. Well, she meets a guy and then stops hanging out with her. But I, I don't also know a red that, flag. Yeah, I don't know that. I think the just I think the brother had like a nerdy friend too. I think they like go into the party together or something. I don't, I yeah. forget. But, like, even her brother, like, he's not that far in age from her. Like, shouldn't he be like, hey, this boyfriend's a piece of shit. I guess he's a nerdy little brother. But, you know. Like, it just, it sucks that they're not. Like, give me a scene where JJ's like, man, I wish her boyfriend was nicer to her. And let her ruminate on that. You know what I mean? Like, he's thinking it. She'll hear it. Let them argue. But she'll realize maybe he's right. Like, she never deals with the fact that her boyfriend's shit. And then ends up dumping him by accident. Because she's a racist brain. Like, God. Makes me so frustrated. Because I think this is written as if he isn't really a piece of shit, even though he is being one. Like, he's manipulating her to leave school and get in trouble and then push people's brains. And it's it's fucked up. Um, and he's, like, abusing her power in a way that she didn't do it on her own. Yeah, well, and, like, and I, forcing her I to think, do it. like, at this point, yeah, they were trying to just be like, oh, it's, you know, you're, you're being irresponsible, but it's just to do what? To, like, ditch school and take 20 bucks from the principal or whatever? That's... The rob a guy! Yeah. I mean, it's not great, but it's not the worst thing you can yeah. do. But then, like, the next episodes, he's, like, uh, trying to get her to do it to his boss so he can get a raise. And, like, things are starting to get, like, really, really dicey or there. So... He's, and he's then, and then he guilt trips her in that episode to be like, don't you know how much I could use this money and my family needs this? And she's like, what? No. <laughs> and honestly, I know that they, in that episode they do kind of push it more towards he's obviously like being a bad guy. Yeah. But they, again, leave it like she feels bad. Like she does not regret or she regrets. Yeah, that's the problem. They make when... the breakup like so sad that you're supposed to be sad about this breakup and i'm like happy i know she got this like big weight off her shoulders not only does he not remember her powers she doesn't deal with them anymore she doesn't know her i'm like that's a good thing girl shut up see you later (laughs) but she's like upset i would have liked it if she even just was like good like there's a there's a version of that where she did that almost on purpose essentially and she just is still sad about it but that's it that's life you just had to erase them from your brain it's like the uh, there are other, what other shows? Some other shows done that, right? I can't think of it right now, but I'm sure there's another show where someone erased them from their memory, besides, you know, Eternal Sunshine, but... Anyway, so, uh, they, they are, like, um, getting caught leaving school. She pushes the, the vice principal, I think, or principal, to get 20 bucks from him, and they leave, and they get a, a note written, or... He doesn't even write a note. He just lets them go. She asks for a note. But they leave, and then they go off to the concert. Um, and then... This is one of the most insane scenes to me because in the long storied history of the struggle of actresses who get pregnant, Ugh. trying to not be pregnant on a show Ugh. and then somehow figuring let's write it into the show slash why even just, just you were, you were doing a terrible job of covering up her pregnancy to begin with. Just leave it at that. Like what the fuck? It's so, so infuriating <laughs> to me. Because just just write her off for five episodes well, or something and just, just give her money like Jesus Christ. Just be bad at hiding it. I don't care because yeah. it's different if it's different if Autumn Reeser had gotten pregnant at the beginning or the middle of a season. But there's literally only three episodes where her character's pregnant, and so they write it in and give her this stupid like super advanced fast pregnancy. And I'm like, and- <laughs> I'm like, why you're going? On hiatus, presumably, if you had had a second season. Forever. Just like, yeah, just like hide her behind a couch well, the, the episodes. Is, sure. They are hiding her. Like, remember, she's holding a bag. In yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. my notes are, my notes are immediately like, 
I remember watching this live because I again was a nerd and watched this show live. Um, I remember the minute I, I might have even been up on Autumn Research and gossip and knew she was pregnant. But regardless of that, like she clearly is pregnant because it's the classic like TV trope of like her carrying a. Big oh yeah, or she's groceries. sitting and there's a big table right in front of her. And like she, I mean, no, no shade. She looks fucking amazing for being pregnant, but, but she definitely yeah. looks a little different. And you're like, okay, what's yeah. different? Holding and you can actually. Groceries, See it when, she, when she's in her house. Like, they try to she shoot her from... She clearly has a belly. Yeah, they're trying insane. to shoot her from in front so it's not as, like, prominent as it would be on the side, but, like, you, you could... It's there. She's it's clearly, clearly pregnant. There. And that's fine. And you know what? I do not care. She's doing her job just as well. Mm-hmm. Don't care. Yeah. But let's not pretend, like, her announcement that she's pregnant is now a shock when I've literally seen her human belly <laughs> sticking out before. I'm like, this makes no sense. Like, you didn't even do a good enough job of pretending she wasn't pregnant in real life. I'm like, you couldn't even do it on this show, let alone in real life. Like, oh, my God. And just, but to, so and just to have her be pregnant for two episodes. That's the thing. Like, it wasn't, like... And for what? To bring back her shitty ex-boyfriend who's a bad, bad... Bad. bad character and not not saying like what a bad character i say i say guy. he's boring as fuck yeah. like i could not handle i forgot his he character... was a character on the show until the previous uh. his character is like taking fucking ambient like it is the worst like every time he's on screen his eyes are basically closed i feel like, I, like how he's everything is going in. on i yeah. keep freaking up dirt yes. but that's why it was so weird he was supposed to be like this like charismatic A-list guy. I'm like he's sleepwalking I, his way through every scene. I don't. I don't want to be mean, but yes, that's true. It's <laughs> terrible. Oh, like that in works everything. in a good. It worked. I mean, I didn't love him on Criminal Minds, but it worked for that character. I mean, from, like, we could a... say he was Foghorn Leghorn, and that's very sure <laughs> yes. it worked. Yeah, but he's playing like you know, like Louisiana detective. I think it's what he is, or maybe like a uh, uh, lawyer. I forget. He definitely lives and works in, in Louisiana. He was but a cop. Yeah, he is a cop, and like. He was still, like, you know, doing, like, the sleepy, but it, it fit with his personality on that show. He's a very calm, collected guy because he's a cop. Like, in this, he's a criminal slash super, super villain or super. Um, and, like, he literally comes off, like, are you awake? Like, are you okay? Like, I feel like every time I see, if I was his friend in this show, I would literally, like, have a conversation. And then, like, at the end of it, I would, like, put my hands out. Grab his arms. I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> like, like you seem unwell, dude. It's like, hey, buddy, because he would like. Do you need a Red and Bull? I'm not even saying. Do you need some coffee? Yeah, it's not even like his. Like, yes, it is his 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 general like resting sleep face is his own <laughs> problem. But like, <laughs> it's it's not just that though. It's also like the character is boring as hell because he has no concept besides faking who he is for three episodes. So we don't even know the real character. He's like a lie. And then on top of that, because he's basically manipulating his way into Katie's life. So, like, you really just truly have no idea who this is once the rug's pulled out from under you. He's just a stranger who's pretending to be someone. And then on top of that, like, his character is a type of, like, ambiguously mysterious enigma. Like, he just, like, his sentence will ramble off and stare off into space like, yeah, I guess. And it's like, dude, could you, like, get, like, finish the line read or something? Like, he does not have any personality. And he also, on top of that, is delivering lines like he's forgetting what's going on. So, like, every time he's on screen, you're like, oh, my God, this is so boring. And so all of this is to say that, like, she gets pregnant to bring that guy back. It's like, he was boring to start. But, of course, they, like, made a huge bad gamble on him by not only making him a character in her life becoming, like, she, like, falls for him at first, and it's all a lie, and then there's the whole thing. She, then it becomes, he's the father of her child, which is, like, Jesus Christ, now he's all involved in her life. And then on top of that, like, that's not enough, 
you make her make him the son of Stephen Creep Collins, yeah. which is like. I, this is too much for this character. He's not that that interesting a character. He's boring. Like every time you're talking to him, he does not have any of like interesting information. He's not like doing things a certain way. Like at least like Katie is the like, Autumn Reeser, the actor, and Katie the character is a perfect example of this. And even like again, Romany Malco to a degree as well. There are characters that are basically like very periphery. Like they don't really have to matter. Or they don't factor. They're like the goofy sidekicks. They're the the tech girl at, at the work trying to like hack into the, they're like all the like well she didn't even do the hacking because jj does I know, right exactly but like there are the people that basically like in other crime procedurals and like superhero shows that are like the fun sidekick they're the guy in the chair the version of that in the show both of them are fine but like there are characters that are interesting that even if they're not really useful to this the plot in that episode they'll be interesting in the scenes he is not even interesting when he's well, integral say, to the and episode. i i think it highlights the um kind of low energy actor that he is that his scene yeah. partner is autumn reezer who is always in the moment 100 yeah. percent, no matter what she does everything i've ever seen her do you're like yep she's living it and then you're like this Mr. Sleepy-Eyed, low-energy yeah. guy that, like, buddy, look into B12. I hear it's really good for energy, so work on and it. I, and I think it's really important. It's a really good uh, comparison to make, too, Lisa, because it's like, obviously she does work well in certain situations with people that play off of her like that. Because we have seen her play against... Like, I would say probably one of the most quintessential versions of that yes. mm-hmm. with her and, and Ryan Atwood. Yeah, like, that is literally the two of them. He is the sleepy-eyed goofball criminal who has an awkward relationship with his father and is from out of town and you don't know who he really is at first. But they, <laughs> okay, but they, great. But they have, you. you checked every box. But they have chemistry. And, exactly. and, and even though that's a low-energy kind of character like that, a low-key character, Ben McKenzie is in the moment and, like, playing the moment. Yeah, and he's interesting. Like, he brings something to the scenes he's in he's mysterious in a way that makes you want to know more about right. him yeah i don't he give has a shit information about you don't know yet yeah he has like it's like basically if you imagine like he's the character especially joshua on the show is basically the character leaving the breadcrumbs for the entire first half of the series because he's the the connection to the big bad that's looming so over garbage. the series and here's yeah here's my, my he leaves no breadcrumbs here's my it's other just, major complaint he shows up and it's boring and my leaves. major complaint about this relationship and in the series as a whole is my one of my least favorite things that they do in television or movies or whatever is when they have a character like that who's literally dating her under false pretenses he's set up to like spy on her and to find out information and to kind of get in good with her and they have this relationship that she thinks is real but it's false pretenses and you're like okay that's really gross to me that they're like you know, it's, and it goes on for, like, four or five yeah. episodes, and feels, right? Feels, and even to the end, technically. Yeah, it feels like, like this is very non-consensual, in a way. And Oh, it yeah. is. That's that's not, to me, that's yeah. not consent. Because you don't know who he is. Right. It's not even his real name at first, right? Or whatever. Uh, yeah, There's a Will. Whole thing Will is the name he gives her Will is his first name. Yeah. So yeah. then, it's this, like, non-consensual relationship, because she doesn't know who he really is or what he's about. And then when she finds out, okay, you're out of my life, you're done. But by the end of the season, we're supposed to expect that she'll welcome him back with open arms. Even though he, yeah, he fell in love with her, even though it was a fake relationship. But, like, dude, it's really gross. It's just really gross and like, to me. I, and I, I, and not, not, and also to go off of that, like, there's another scene in a future episode where they bring it back on another level that's gross. Because they use the same trope again with a different person. Yes. Because you have... I can't think of her name. It's Charlotte, I think, on the show, maybe? Or she's, she plays... She's on, like, 
What? I think she's on Heroes. It's, uh, it, she's is there, was Rebecca Mater's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can't think of her name on the show. The redhead. Um, but so she's she's um a shapeshifter Mystique style. Yeah. Again, like this is not not trademarked. She's not Mystique, guys. Question mark. But so she's basically Mystique. She can change into whatever she wants to look like. She changes into him, and she shows up, and she's kissing him, and I'm back, and I'm back in your life, even the real Joshua, quote unquote, is in a prison cell, secretly in love with her, even though he's not been in her life for like three months, and like you had to watch her again get tricked by Joshua. As this actor playing this part, like, she's not really actually playing her because Rebecca Major's not an actual shapeshifter. So you have this same actor again playing a creepy version of himself, pretending to be someone who's not. And she gets tricked again because it's not even her that figures it out. Uh, Romy Malco calls her, I think. Because, again, there's, like, a weird thing with George, too, where they try and, like, force that on it, too. Well, George shows up and he's like, you At know, one point, Rebecca Major shapeshifts into um, Katie's OBGYN. Yeah. So I'm like, why is the show that's the, about Adam Razor being violated by people? Like, yeah. that's... that's the phone call she gets, is that, by the way, the person you just kissed and are planning, uh, making a baby crib with for the baby that's right. inside your stomach right now is not that person. It's not the And father. also, they were the doctor that violated you earlier. Yeah. Like, that's the story that they have to be told. It's like, what the fuck? Like, this poor girl has to deal with all that. And then on top of it, you're supposed to be like, yeah, it's the love of her life, though, right? It's like, he, he's done nothing. The whole, the whole arc with, like, her discovering it's Rebecca Mater and then, like, having to confront her and then he gets back into her life. Like, Joshua had nothing to do with that. Like, he was in prison the whole time. It's, like, one of those things, like, they, you see a, a character's arc of, a, of another, like, say you have a relationship, they suddenly, like, they make a 360 on outside of it. And then they expect you to be on the same page when you first see them again. It's, like, well, I, I didn't, I'm not as in love with you as you are as with me. Like, this is, this is not a... This is a not a mutual feeling just because you've fallen in love with me over the course of this this like uh, pregnancy situation, but of course we find out he's also fallen in love with her out of nowhere because he found out she's having his child. No, he's like super invested, but it's it's all to say like she is now pregnant and it's with this guy's pre- this baby and I think the the reveal of it later on is so heavy handed because again we're seeing her walking around clearly pregnant and I thought. It's pretty fucking obvious because the minute, basically, so the the creepy Eric Balfour shows up as the the uh, animal, sniffs and like, right. it's like, hey, is Joshua here? Which is fucking creepy as hell to start. And I, I, listen to me, as a grown woman, if a man showed up and started sniffing around my house and saying, is your ex-boyfriend here? I'm like, calling the cops, calling the cops right now. I don't care who yeah. you are. If you're sniffing at my house, I'm calling the cops on you. But then that she is not a normal behavior. But then she doesn't need to Ugh. because her super baby telekinetically throws him into a car. Yeah, well, at first he's like, well, whatever, is he not here? And then he sniffs again and he's like, are you sure he's not here? You're not lying to me? And she's like, no. She gives a really reasonable response. She's like, he was here, but I broke up with him. And she's clearly upset because she's amazing. She's like a great actress. And is like very believably like, yeah, she he was here, but he's not now. And then he sniffs again. He's like, are you sure about that? Like, it's very clear to me he's smelling the baby. Right. I mean, there's nothing even subtle about that. And it's like, why are you trying to hold this reveal until the end? That's the reveal. You've just spoiled it by this guy smelling the baby on her. And especially it's ruined by the fact that, like, suddenly he's propelled away when he tries to attack her. And, like, completely blows his, his own cover by becoming an animal in front of right. her and, like, like growling at her and trying to attack her. It's bizarre. But I guess he also smells that she's a super in, in what they're thinking. I, to me, it's like... He's smelling the baby, but whatever. So he smells that the baby has powers and he's going to attack her now. And the baby propels him backwards 
onto a car across the street, which is not a close car. It's, like, far. It's, like, a 20-foot, like, it fl- flings them away. And she, like, screams in her adorable Autumn Reeser way and then runs. Like, to me, I want to show all about Autumn Reeser. Like, she's so much more interesting than anything else we're talking about. And she has, like, no scenes. It's- like, the scenes are all it's consistent, useless. It's consistently baffling to me that Autumn Reeser she doesn't have... have a everything show every day, all day, every day. Yeah. yeah. And then, so they go inside. Instead of, like, calling the cops and saying, Hey, cops, uh, a man just tried to attack me outside, and he just fell on top of a no, car they, across the street. They call a sketch artist. <laughs> and do. then none of the neighbors whose car it was called the cops. Like, someone just jumped and, like, fell on my car. Or, like, someone just attacked my car even if they didn't see that happen nothing happens they just go inside and this is one of the most frustrating scenes because they go inside to her apartment and we'll get to the whole conversation in a second but they basically walk in no one does a 360 of the house like when jim comes over they don't take her out of the area immediately because she was just attacked at her house they literally are inside while this guy has not even left the property he's behind a bush in the front yard and calls someone like there's more of them you didn't tell me there was more on the list that we don't they don't know about. Like, this is the worst. There, I mean, you want to be a detective, Jim? This is not how you're a detective. You have to at least right. do, like, a basic sweep of the property. Like, I would know that as a person, and I'm not a detective. Like, if, if I'm in a place, like, say a friend of mine goes to her house, some creepy guy sniff in the air, she somehow gets him, like, away with spray, and he runs off. And if I showed up and I called, first of all, I called the cops, I'd come get her, and then we leave the area and let them do a sweep. Like, what are you doing yeah. even keeping her there? Like, it's so crazy to me. And especially when there's all this weird drama going on. Like, why is she even alone doing grocery shopping anyway? But so, so they, they go, um, they go inside, they discuss, like, what, how weird does she have powers now? And, like, little things she's saying are stupid. Like, you know, I, I could really use a chair, and the chair comes over, and she sits on the chair. And it's like, oh my god, oh my god, I can't believe it. And, like, uh, they realize, like, based off of the whole situation, she's got superpowers, question mark. They don't really know what, what it is besides it propels the way. And they have no idea how because all the people that have superpowers were exposed to the Trill setup. Right. And she hasn't... Like, but to me, again, to be, to be honest, one of the questions I would have had is immediately after having sex with this dude, which she had, I think, multiple times or at least once... I would immediately be like, after finding out he was a super and it was a whole like, weird criminal thing, the first thing I want to know is, hey, by the way, is that transmittable by sex? Because I like to know. Like, is there a sexually transmitted superhero disease? I mean, there's more time spent on this with zombies in iZombie than there is on this show. Like, it's just, it's it's wild to me that they're able to just, like, have sex and not even think about, like, the repercussions. Like, she's not even, she's actually kind of shocked that she's pregnant later on. I'm like, that... If I found out this guy was, like, I mean, I'm not trying to blame her for anything. She's clearly in her own fragile state. But, like, if I had had sex with a guy who turned out to not be the guy, the first thing I'd be doing is, like, I hope I didn't get pregnant from him if we were, having, if we were like, raw-dogging it. Like, right. what the fuck? You'd be going, like, you'd be going straight to your doctor and doing, like, a whole panel. And, like, it's, just check me for whatever disease I might have. And, uh, it's, it's, yeah. It's so weird. And then, so, on top of it, like, they realize she's pregnant. They don't realize she's pregnant in the scene, but they realize she's uh, a super and so they're trying to figure out how it happened and, and what's going on um and then so meanwhile we find out the reason why um the the well we get more of mr mr litchfield just pressuring jj in a completely inappropriate way and i it, it bums me out because jj should be like this is a red flag full stop because like the teacher's just being a bad teacher call help get help tell someone please god 
Well, I do think in a way JJ is very naive. Like, I think that's just his character in a, in a lot of ways. Like, it does seem like a red flag, but he's very naive. He's not worldly at all. Like, even remotely. So they're kind of doing, like, the, yeah, he's got the super genius brain, but he has no common sense. It's so, weird. It, you know? and it's, I mean, I guess in some ways it's believable. Like, in a sad way. But, like, you know, I, I don't know. They don't really do enough to me it's, to, like, really explain what's going on to make it believable. Right. And so they find out, like, this guy's since he's attacked Katie, and they think it's based off of the fact that they're all supers. And they're loudly talking about the fact that they're all, they're multiple supers. Like, oh my god, the kids in front of their house where this guy was last seen, loudly, at full volume, running around. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna go attack the kids now, because he found out about that. So, instead of, like, dealing with it, they just kind of flee. And then, um, go to school to pull JJ out of school. Which is the right move, of course, because the guy's hunting down supers. But she, of course, finds out now that, that, um, uh... Daphne has cut class and they're like oh my god what so instead of just you know texting Daphne like get home now or where are you question mark the father calls her and causes a scene (laughs) but I guess we should first talk about the Sarah Bareilles concert in general because this is where we cut to them being at the Sarah Bareilles concert and like it's beautiful I mean (laughs) I, I understand the concept of like uh like, having to set the scene and make things understandable to everybody, but, like, I don't necessarily need to be like, what's going on now? And then, like, they say to JJ, uh, because JJ admits the fact that he knows she cut class, and so he says, like, Chris, the boyfriend, I think it's Chris, um, he's like, he said they were gonna go do something special together. Cut to Sarah Bareilles oh, on the God. piano. Yeah. Well, he literally says to, like, her when they get there, you know, you're a good person and you deserve oh, this. And I'm like, that what is a creep. the worst thing I've ever heard. And it's also, like if someone why... was reading out of the abusive boyfriend handbook I... is, like, literally that. I just need to point out that when we did the Everwood episode, people were giving Paul Wasilewski... <laughs> Paul Wesley so much shit when he was nowhere near this bad. I know. Meanwhile, well, this I... garbage bag. Yeah, and I understand. Oh, this like like you want to make it like you know goofy, but like the 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 smash cut to like them being like friendly at a concert is just so. It does not fit the tone of this show. I mean, Sarah Bareilles is not the right choice for this. I, I love her well, to no, death, I, I guess. But... It's, 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 here's it's the, thing. the tone of the show, I... given the ABC-ness and what they try to do with the show. I guess. I guess. It just it felt real weird. It was weird. I can't I can't even figure out why it was Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> and I will tell you that I don't understand it. Because she wasn't even on, like, a Disney ABC-owned label. Well, I, 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 said, I said to you earlier, I wish... We lived in a reality where Sarah Bareilles needed to make a music video, and she said, "Listen, I'm a big fan of this No Ordinary Family show. Can we cut a deal where I'm shooting a music video at the same time you're shooting this, so we don't have to spend extra money on crap services?" And then it's like made a deal, and it worked out. And you just get one side of the scene is Sarah Bareilles like, like singing, and the other side is like Eric Balfour running up the walls in the background. <laughs> That's all you want, right? I don't know. That's what I'm like. The thing is, Sarah Bareilles at this point would have been like on the single, which is off with NBC anyway. So it right. makes even yeah, less that's sense. What my next point was going to be was that she was on an NBC so show. So it's a crossover. If, <laughs> yeah. So if this had been an NBC show, No Ordinary Family, I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense because they're trying to cross promote and it's still stupid. So they could have just had Daphne and Greasy Guy go to the mall 
or they could have you seen know, One Republic. Somewhere. That seems like something they'd play on ABC. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I feel like this is the kind of thing where they should have just snuck out after being grounded and then go to a concert, like, like going to a mall or like an amusement park or something. There's or, so- or you're. You're in a fake version of California, so go to a fake version of the Santa Monica Pier <laughs> or, you know, something like that. Just do it. It doesn't have to be Sarah Bareilles as much as I like her. Yeah, and it's also so awkward because, like, it's also just, there's a scene later on. I don't think it really, it's not really that much of a jump ahead, but, like, when we, we see, like, Stephanie, like, mortally wounded. We don't know, but, like, you think mortally wounded. Um, and... You cut from her to, like, Sarah Barilla's pounding the, the, the ivories. Like, it's not a good cut, guys. Let's look at this and think in the edit. Oh, yeah, like, that's a... Yeah, there's the mother bleeding my... out on the floor, and then she's like, you can It's like, what is going on? Like, it makes what, was that, what was that more? And it's not even... Billy like, Sarah Barilla's song right now. You can't right? Isn't the one? I don't know. I have no idea what you're saying. I don't know. It's like, you can't... I'm hearing you, Canada. Brave, right? It's not roar. Brave is a thinking. song. Yeah, brave. Yes, brave. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know you're gravity. Right. I put that in my notes too. Gravity. So problematic. It's not even a cut to a commercial, and they come back to Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> yes. It's just a straight cut so to like weird. a very cheerful Sarah Bareilles. Like on a better then, show, that'd be funny. Like it, it is kind of almost funny. Like it comes across like a joke. Like it's cutting from like this super serious moment to a Sarah Bareilles concert in the middle of the daytime in downtown LA. Like it makes no sense. You have someone bleeding out in a dark kitchen, and then you cut to that? It's bizarre. It's so weird. But, oh, my God. So, regardless of that, they're at this concert in the middle of the daytime. They're, like, they're like you know, it's a shitty scene where, like, two kids had cut class, and he, like, bumps his arm into her. He's like, you're having a good time, right? Well, it's like, oh, God. Oh. I hate these people. <laughs> Did we discuss the Buffy reunion between Julie Benz and Eric Balfour? Oh, no. Let's, no, let's no, discuss we're, we're that. Not. So, prior to this... We, we didn't mention that um, Eric Balfour is uh, meeting up along with uh, Julie Benz in that scene where it's literally like a Buffy reunion. Like straight she out is of season the one, one who turned him into a vampire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And R.I.P. both of them. <laughs> um, they both died. Very, well, I guess her a little bit after that, but him um, definitely right away. Uh, didn't really make it out. Well, of the yeah, week. but he uh, never got and... to come back at all. Yeah, true. No. And yeah, uh, is also not responsible for. <laughs> The darling baby that was uh, <laughs> You back like, there. What kind of a fucking like downgrade is it to lose Julie Benz and get Vincent? I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand how like you uh, spoilers for Angel, you guys. You can like put Dewey and Julie Benz together, and you're supposed to believe that Vincent Carthizer is their child. That is one of the most on a show that's about vampires and slayers and demons and ghosts. And werewolves, <laughs> and watchers, and witches, and warlocks. And evil lawyers. And evil lawyers, and cyborgs, and random shit. The most unbelievable part of that to me is that Julie Benz and David Brianna's birthed Vincent Carthizer. <laughs> that is the worst case of casting before he hit puberty that I've ever seen in my life. Or as he hit puberty, you, I should say. <sighs> Jesus You know Christ. who actually would have made a, a good child for them? Matt Zucri. Yeah, I could see or that. fucking or fucking Ben McKenzie. Give me anyone like that, Jesus. You got to have like the the blonde hair of Julie Benz and the sort of brooding brow of David Boreanaz, and you've got there, there you go. go. Yeah, we solved oh, so many things we solved, <laughs> just I by know. doing that one casting change. 
Sorry, Pete Campbell. Anyone but him would have made more <laughs> Anyone sense. Anyone but and you. Also, it would have made a whole lot more sense. You. I mean, I don't, I don't even dislike Vincent Carthizer. It's just not believable. <laughs> <laughs> like he's. <laughs> so, uh, so in this, in this other, so after the reunion from the the Darla and and uh, Jesse, 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 I'm Jesse. Uh, but so uh, they they go to the concert. They're at the concert, and they're like the. This makes me so frustrated because this is something that's happened in other shows and movies where someone in an, in an emergency calls a person to try so and tell texting? them something's wrong. You should text. It's 2011. Always. There's no reason not to be texting right now. I could yeah. not understand. You only call them if they do not respond in, the, in within two minutes. Of but don't worry. There's it. even more stupid thing to happen right after this. Right. But like, when she's so approached many. by someone. But so it's so frustrating because. Like, the first and, and most realistic... Okay, a couple things here. One, she's supposed to be in school. She's not necessarily going to answer her phone in school, Dad. Why are you Although calling it's, her? Well, no, it was, like, JJ calling, too, right? No, it was the dad. It was Jim calling. It's I, my dad I, calling. I, I have JJ to... also called, too. No, which... because she says to him, this is why it's so stupid, because she's at a concert, and she says, I've got to go somewhere quiet and pretend it's a library and my dad's on the phone. And it's so stupid because you should know as a father, if your daughter's in school, she may not answer her phone. So if you you're calling, the- he should know, but also, like, she should know, like, if your dad's calling you while you're at school, it should be an emergency. Exactly. And she does, I mean, she does excuse herself to take the call. So at least she's going to take the call. But here's the other thing. Okay, fine. Maybe at that point he's been told by Stephanie she's not in school. Call her. Call her. She's not in school. But he's not know. But also you should know if she's not in school... And she's been told that they might have cut to go somewhere special. Just text first. You don't know what? where they're at. If they're in a movie, she may not answer her phone. JJ, it's so much like, quicker to text. The thing is, JJ legitimately did not know where they were going. Because like when he says, I don't know, it's not like him being just a, an idiot child. But just, For whatever just, reason, they didn't tell him where like where they were going. They might as well. They should have, just in case. Yeah, I guess. But like, so regardless of that, though, just everyone out there, if you're ever in a situation where you have to find someone, just text them first and make sure they don't respond right away. Because... It is so much easier to coordinate with someone in an emergency if there's something that they need to be, like, running... If, say, the person they're with is in is a bad person or something, better to text it to the call because then you're, there's this awkward situation where they're on the phone. They do the same thing with Autumn Reeser in another episode. Like, it's not good to call someone and tell them information like that. It's better to have them been texted. I mean, technically, you're putting them at risk because someone can see the text, but... Anyone nowadays, if you're on the phone, you can hear what someone's saying to the other person. Like, it's just not a good scene in general. And also, like... For the record, girl, you're trying to go somewhere where it doesn't. Sound, it sounds like a library. You're at the fucking like Hollywood Theater in LA or whatever. Yeah, they're at the Disney uh, concert hall in downtown. It's, it's gonna concert. sound like a concert no matter where you're at, and then like a three mile radius. And that's like, the only thing about stupid. it, like it not being LA. Like the Disney concert hall is like very distinct. They could have tried it's like somewhere else. Extremely gonna, recognizable. Yeah. If you're, if you're gonna pretend you're not in Los Angeles, it's. And, I just, I mean, she doesn't have to answer the phone. She could just text her dad back and say, what, I'm in school. Like, there's Or so many he could have left like, a oh. voicemail, too, and she could have listened to it. But clearly he's not doing that. Unreal. All, Everything about also, to, be, to really throw this for a loop, at a lot of video and television shoots, they don't let you take your phone in anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, especially for a concert. Oh, my well, God. No, this is a music video. A it's not even a concert, so definitely should have yeah. taken the phone away. Oh, my but God. Again, and remember, like she said she's, she's with the label. Oh, true. So maybe she didn't get the pat down. But still, like, it's not very believable to me. You're, you're completely right. Because she can videotape the concert and then basically, like, throw it on YouTube before it's even cut together. And she's just right. spoiled the whole video. It costs 
however much Samsung was willing to give her to make the music video, probably, or whatever. But so, like, this is all stupid, but so she's there, she excuses herself to take a phone call at a concert, like a fucking dweeb, and so she leaves the concert. Her boyfriend lets her go alone, which is, I mean, like, look, women are Because apparently he likes Sarah Bareilles. But it's uh, like, be a courteous human being, leave with the person if they have to Or maybe he's holding her spot. Also, Even though it's, from, a they have produ- from a production standpoint, um, <laughs> this is so annoying to me. You shouldn't, you wouldn't be able to be let in late, and you wouldn't be able to leave because it's a music either. video. So because they, so yes, true. it's a video that they are shooting, and there's you can't have continuity when you have like people missing in one shot that were there five seconds ago. And so. it's such a good point too, because it also brings me to the fact that like as she's leaving, you get a nice close up of a lot of extras in the back of oh, the Sarah Bareilles concert. And this Sarah Bareilles concert could not be more staged, obviously, because it's a Sarah Bareilles concert on, on the ABC Family. I, I ABC. Know, this is ABC proper. Seen... Sorry, ABC No Ordinary Family. But, like, yeah. it, it's one of those things, like, it could not look more ridiculous because you have a bunch of, like, like 50 to, like, 60-year-old men and, like, people of all, like, like walks of life. Just, I'm like, look, I'm sure everyone likes Sarah Bareilles well enough. I'm not even going to go to a Sarah Bareilles concert necessarily. Like, there's a very distinctive, like, group of people that are probably going to be there. It's mostly going to be young women. I mean, it is a midday shoot, so there are less people, I guess, available. But, like, you're going to get a lot of young women, essentially. And then it's like, what is this concert demographic? That it's full of, like, grown men and, like, they're bopping. Like, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Bros. I, ha- I haven't like, seen what? that. I haven't seen that much bad white people dancing since I went to a Dave Matthews It was concert. so awkward, too. Like, the yeah. dancing was so bad because it was not really that bad. loud of music. Like, they should, the one thing they should do is at least make it, like, look fun. Like, honestly, like, fuck you for making a Sarah Bareilles concert look so bad. Like, yeah. like, 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 that's not, she came on your show and, like, gave you, like, a little bit of a bump or whatever. The Sarah Bareilles bump. The, the Bareilles bump. <laughs> and you made her concerts look like a staged, like, phony weird shit where, like, people get murdered almost. Like, it's, it's not a good Well, look. that sounds actually like a Sarah Bareilles concert is lit. <laughs> you might get killed there. Sign me up. You might get called. To you death. might get mauled by Eric Balfour at a Sarah dope. <laughs> but like, it really is like to me, just like it. It looks so awkward because it just looks like everyone in the back is basically just like awkwardly swaying. Like, what's happening? Oh, it's a concert. Yes, yeah, sway, sway. Like they forgot what was happening for a minute because I'm sure there's not actually music being played. It's a TV shoot. Like they're all just what to dance. What? <laughs> like what? It's not real. But like it's there's so much about it that's just so like they don't even they're not the two of them aren't even that like that's why you had to have no offense Cerberellas you should get someone a little more hype because at least like like even something like 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 the iconic scene of well multiple scenes but like the one in particular of Michelle Branch on Buffy that works so well or other people on Buffy is that like some people when you're playing at the Bronze or on other shows or like One Tree Hill or whatever. You're motivated to dance, and that's part of the plot of the people dancing. I'm, so it's like music that makes you want to like lose yourself. And hey, if this is the girl's favorite fucking, I mean, artist, I was gonna like say because it's good music, but I'm like, I don't want to insult Sarah Bareilles. No, I mean, it's she's, also she's good an music. Artist. It's just not the time. No, and also, but I think it's also a fault of the actor and actress. Why aren't you talking about OAR? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> but like. The, the awkwardness, too, is that, like, they should be stoked to be there. She should be, like, having the fucking time she of her having, life. She like, panic attacking. Yeah! And she instead, she's kind of like, yeah, this is cool. I'm having a good time with you. It's like, what? This is to be, like, your favorite person in the world. Like, I've, I've danced like crazy to people I barely even know at concerts. Like, you're just, you're supposed to be having a good time, and this is just not 
all worth the risk at all. Like, listen, <laughs> some of us just keep our excitement on the inside. We're very I guess. Lucky. Not I when mean, you're so obsessed with this musician that you put him on every playlist, probably even your hip hop playlist. <laughs> assuming you're exactly. you know, been as I I can't believe I haven't mentioned it yet. Of course, she has a hip hop playlist because it's just CeeLo's, Well, forget you on a loop, <laughs> and then some Sarah Bareilles. Oh I will never forgive the show for that the ending an episode with the, the entire family just dancing to forget you. I was so upset. <laughs> I remember that? I'm still upset. Also, like, also like upsetting because it was dancing to forget you and not fuck you. Of course. Like the worst part. Like, remember, it's very I, family friendly. So at the end, they all dance to forget you, and I yeah, like, blow my brains out. It's no, it's no ordinary family. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love um, that the AV Club review for that that episode. Like one of the straight observations <laughs> is forget you. No, fuck you. <laughs> yes but so like i understand the appeal of like having a cerebrellas because she's very like it's very innocuous like good happy song to sing but at least put her in a venue that's more conducive to like like if you're supposed to make it like look like a cool hip concert do better <laughs> make the people actually look at like they're having a good time don't show me like people that literally are there like hands in pockets like like a tank top under a, a Hawaiian shirt, like sunglasses on, like like swaying, like it's not a good look. It did not look like someone who's at a Sarah Bareilles concert normally. Uh, but so she she leaves to take this call and immediately is approached by Eric Balfour because of course that's how time works. The minute she leaves, and oh my up. god, she is so stupid. I feel bad for her. Oh though. my this god, is so this dumb. is the stranger danger moment. Yeah, this is a, this reminds me so much. There are so of... many red flags in the scene, and she sees none of them. He yeah. show, he basically shows up and he's like, "Hey, Daphne," and she he I'm a friend of your mom's and she was no, hurt very badly. The, no, no, the school called me. It's even worse than that. Like, the school so sent bad. me. Yeah, the school sent me. And, says, uh, bitch, why does the school know where I went? First question. He's like, he, he comes up to her and he says, "Hey, Daphne, I'm from the school. I'm so sorry to tell you this. There's been an attack." And it's like, oh my god. Well, and, and it's she's like, like, what's wrong? Okay, your your first red flag is uh, he's a stranger. Your second one is like, the why would the me. school even know she was there? Yeah, exactly. Also, he just like like not to not to you know presuppose Eric Balfour's career, but I'm not gonna look at him and think, yeah, he's from the school. Like <laughs> I'm gonna think, who's this? looking as trashy as he does? Yeah, here. I'm like, uh, no, you're not. I, I would really even just like <laughs> maybe after a shower, but no. Can you show me some credentials? He like, definitely what? looks like a school official. For sure. Oh my god. Not a and serial like, killer at all. It does remind me, uh, to bring it into this too, of like, it reminds me of the, the My Favorite Murder, like, fuck politeness. Because she literally is just like, trying to be nice to him and like, okay, I'll go with you. And like, you wouldn't believe, guys, if you don't follow true crime, that's how 90% of people get murdered. Yeah. And so she's like, oh yeah, I'll go with you if, that's, if you're telling me you're the authority and I'll walk away with you and, and, and I'll be separated from the crowd. And not question anything at no, all. No, it's, it's at se- all. so guys, question things. Don't be afraid to lock your door if someone shows up and like stares at you. <laughs> like, it's not going to make you feel awkward. It makes you safe. So instead of saying like- Don't be afraid to ask, who are you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so sad. So she, she just like walks off with him and like she, okay, so it's like the other red flag, the major, major red flag that I thought, every time I watch this, I always feel like maybe she's gonna actually say you know what i'm gonna leave but she never does is she says to him okay oh he's so sorry he shows up says there's been an accident your mother was attacked which is like i would immediately be like devastated she seems to be like whatevs like not even that upset she's like oh no like jesus christ girl and so she's like let me go tell my boyfriend i have to leave and he says there's not enough time for that we have to go now and i'm like yeah. excuse me and i would be like i would immediately start <laughs> screaming and like, like 
he should have just my sho- shoes. he might as well have just shown up and be like hello young lady i have lost my puppy will you help me find it over by that van where i also have some candy like <laughs> you mean just like pull a ted bundy like, yeah, <laughs> like literally just, i have a cast on help me up with stuff to just full like, on serial killer go for it because this girl's a dumbass like oh, i feel bad at least berlanti got a panic baker do-over on the flash yeah Jesus. and so so instead of like you know causing a scene because she didn't know it for i mean she's also very young i it's, i feel bad because it does happen all the time so if you are listening to this and if, you ever feel like, am I, I being she... awkward by being rude to this person? Be rude. Beg for forgiveness. Yeah. Don't yeah, don't feel like... bad about, like, being But this girl's old enough to have a boyfriend and superpowers. She's old enough to ask some dang questions. True. I mean, it's like, true. We all grew up in the era, though, where they told you all these things. Like, don't listen to somebody who says this or that. You don't or think her scaredy cat them. dad yeah. told her this? You don't don't go with a stranger. Wait, that that, that was like go home with every stranger, sketch yeah, their if, body. If this show, if there, don't if offend this anyone. Show took place in like 1975, you'd be like, oh yeah, I get it. But yeah. okay, I mean, I mean, the, I it's okay. Even if you went with someone, not that you should ever do that, but like. Wouldn't you immediately just, like, pull your phone out and start calling 911 or some- or start calling someone? like Or, just... like, calling your dad and being like, what happened? Leaving him on the line and saying, I'm going with this guy. Like, everything about it is so insane. But so, she immediately just, like, starts walking off with him and he, like, gets her- Not even, like, 20 feet from where they were. They, like, go up a flight of stairs and that's enough for him to murder her in broad daylight. It's like, this guy is terrible at what he's doing. And so, he immediately, like, you know, claws out, fangs out. He's like- He's like- I- She's a, he's, he's, he tells her she was attacked in her in her kitchen, and she's like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, they think it was an animal." And then, or maybe she says, "I think it was an was it an animal?" And he's like, "No, I can assure you, it was not." And then he becomes like you know the creepy cat dude, and then you know tries to attack her. Of course, in the same second, like, did we ever find out how they find? Oh, they get a text message. JJ hacks the phone. So. Yeah. Before all this happens, I guess we kind of jumped ahead of it. So she gets pulled aside by him. Before all this happens, we, we kind of jumped over the part where he gets he attacks um, uh, Stephanie in the house. So as they're like hanging out at the Sarah Bareilles concert and she leaves to get the phone call, in the same moment, like he's able to cross town, no problem, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> he was at their house. He breaks into their house, finds a neatly printed out Sarah Bareilles concert for a concert she's not going to go to at that point in her ha- in her room. He's like, she's, I bet she's there. What? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but it happens to take place. It says, like... Why did she print it out? She just, like... I thought she just read it anyway. No, it's so weird. And it's, like, it's like ornately... And it's also, like, not easy to print out. Like, it would have been... Would have used some color ink. So if she didn't have that at home, she would have to do it somewhere special. And so <laughs> she has it, like, sitting next to her bed. And then she still didn't intend to go, but whatever. So she... And also, she didn't react that much to being there. So you are a super fan. Yeah, if she cared... Like, if she had planned to go, she would have brought that piece of paper to, to, to her boyfriend. To get signed or to something so just... or I don't know, whatever. So she does all this stuff and, and he, he sees like, oh, there's a breadcrumb. She's at the Sarah Bareilles concert, which I find so absurd that he's able to put that together because he's a moron. And then the, so the mom shows up because she thinks that the daughter might be home with the boyfriend. I guess fucking, which I was like, good for you, Stephanie, for a second. I was like, yeah. I was like, I didn't even think about that. She might have gone home to her house to try and have like a nooner. And then uh, she shows up at the house like, if you're here, I'm not even mad. I just want to know you're safe. And then he shows up and he's like, I assure you, she is not. And then they have a conversation about it's how, hard so it bad, guys. how hard it is for a death row inmate to find work after he gets off death row. 
and he, and he keeps trying to kill I'm everyone. I'm for like repatriating people. Like I, I think that's a great. I mean, there's a great mo- actual yeah, like commentary really on the prison great, yeah, system here. Yeah, this is here. really great social commentary. I but... I appreciate that. I feel like people should just watch Rectify instead of listening yes. to what Eric Balfour has or to say about Death Row. But like. I understand that side of it, but, like, regardless, she, like, she immediately, like, it's so, it's such shitty writing, no offense to everyone who wrote this, but, like, he, like, she, she's like, are you there? It's just me. And he's not only just there, he's sitting on the top of the stairs, like, well, hello. <laughs> it's like, this is so stupid. And then she's like, oh, it's you. She didn't think to run away. Yeah, and she should immediately, like, because she can literally run forever. She has super speed. But he, of course, tricks her because he acts all, like, Woe is me. I can't get a job. And then she's like, I'll find you one. It's okay. And then, like, she does this, like, nice thing where she's like, I'll find a way to help you get your sentence reduced because we have the DA on our side. And, like, realistically, like, she seems like an honest person. He's not. She might be telling the truth. But he's not a magician. Yeah. And, and so she's telling him all this stuff. And instead of, like, saying, like, okay, he's like, you should know I, my, 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 uh, my, what does he say exactly? I don't have the actual line, but he's basically like, well, you should know my, my, uh, my appreciation for, my appreciation for that is non-existent. And then he snaps her. <laughs> it's, it's such a shitty twist. Cause it's like, one, you kind of saw it coming. Cause it's like, basically there's two options here. Either she gets stabbed or attacked or he turns himself in. So, like, the fact that he twists on it, it's, like, it's only, like, two-thirds of the way through the episode. Clearly, there's more that has to happen. He's probably gonna hurt her. And, like, secondly, she's the fastest woman in the world, and he's able to stab her. She should be able to run away from him before he even blinks. Like, what are you talking about? But he's able to stab her. I guess because she puts her guard down, she doesn't decide to flee, and he just, again, it's clearly, like, something the daughter had learned from the mother, unfortunately. And he... Do we know, by the way, what he did to get on death row? Because no. the whole, like, reduce your, your sentence bullshit, I'm like, again, St. Cloud isn't, a, like, a, a miracle worker, especially if he did something really terrible. Based off of his accent, one of the writers got high one night and watched Con Air, and they took the entire character of Nicolas Cage in that movie, and, and made he him got... actually guilty. Yeah, and then uh, he, uh, well, he definitely was guilty in Kanye well, because his body was a deadly weapon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we'll find that all convicted felons are guilty, as we learned from the prison break game. <laughs> so, you you do enough planning of evidence, they're guilty. They're yeah, guilty. Just send that fucker to the chair. God damn, that is so insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in that, in that, he... His... So I think he's like a legit psycho. <laughs> well, because... yeah, but yeah. like... He's doing that character. I really just hope that people listening to this podcast appreciate that we decide to go through the plots of <laughs> so many shows and movies. And so, like, regardless of that, he's now, like, this this clear villain. So he's, like, Nick Cage in Face Off. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which, if you don't know the plot of Face Off, it is a... <laughs> <laughs> so there's these two guys. He takes face, and he puts it on his face. Yeah, there's these two guys. <laughs> they trade faces. Yes. Caster Troy. It should have been called Trading yeah, Faces. Yeah, Caster Troy, who's a like real creep. Uh, but yeah, so um, <laughs> <laughs> not a good guy. Not a good guy. But yeah, so so he <laughs> he attacks her and like stab like I, it looks. This is also like a really shitty like action scene because he stabs her with his claws, and it looks like he just like guts her like fingers in like Freddy Krueger style, but. When you see it later, there's, like, a claw mark up her stomach. Yeah, it looks so it's like, like he what? scratched her later. It's so dumb. I guess maybe he stuck his hands in and then and pulled like it up. a ton oh. of blood. A ton of 
a ton of blood. Ton of blood. And it then, comes out from below her. Like, yeah. it wouldn't really happen that way. It would like just he, pool on one side. Yeah, know. it makes no sense. No, and then, but, but my favorite part is when they find her, and she's, like, dying on the floor still. And her cons- her main concern is, I have stained the floor. She actually is, like, <laughs> Listen, dying. And those were like, nice hardwood floors. Floor. I get that part of it. That would I be, mean, that's a bitch to clean up. Oh, uh, God. But so it cuts from her bleeding out to him having discovered the Sarah Perales concert poster. And then it cuts to... Do, 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 and it's like, what the fuck? And so he attacks the daughter. This father shows up and out of nowhere. Um, and then... Uh, do we actually... Actually, no, I guess before that... Oh, my God. We're cut... See, the thing is, there are all these scenes that don't need to be there. These are all scenes that are completely superfluous. Because then, on top, after that happening, you cut back to, like, Autumn Reeser doing her, like... Uh, bless her hell like she's trying to learn how to do telekinesis she's sweet as hell but like she's saying all these dumb like superhero movies it's like i i believe she's a nerd because she says she's a nerd i'm not trying to doubt her nerdiness because she's a woman who's attractive fine but like please write for her like someone who's actually watched a superhero movie or, or read a book or comic book or something like oh my god it's why everyone's so bad at writing women geeks it's so annoying to me because she's basically like like, she's describing the person who attacked her, and she's like, she's got the eyes of, like, a Tony Stark. Just, like, the... if you want her written well as a geek, just watch her in the OC. Right! Because she was definitely a geek there. It's so frustrating to me, because it's like, it's, she's talking like no one talks. Like, no one's, I mean, look, I love nerdiness. You just heard me fucking reference Kanye. You, you listen to this entire podcast, so you probably know, I know. fans of nerdiness. Yeah, I've never seen Con Air. I know all that about Con Air. I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> the true plot twist. <laughs> oh my god. I've never seen it, guys. I've listened to the How This Get Made episode like five times. What a plot twist. That's true nerdiness. <laughs> what a plot twist. Uh, but yeah, so, like, I am okay with the nerdiness of females. That's obviously, like, my fucking forte. But, like, it's so frustrating to hear her say these things. Like, she's so... Like, she's speaking a different language. Like, I mentioned the Bradley Cooper and the French thing. Like, it doesn't make... Coming out of her mouth, they're not sentences that anyone who's a nerd would say. Like, I would maybe say, like, he looks kind of like Robert Downey Jr., but he's got, like, grumpy eyes. Like, you wouldn't say, like, the eyes of Hulk and the mouth of Tony Stark. And the ears of, like, Hawkeye. Like, it was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, this is stupid. No one talks like this. Like, it was, oh, so frustrating. But so she's describing that to him. And, like, Jim shows up while they're doing all this. And she's like, he's like, by the way, where's Stephanie? And they're like, oh, yeah, she never came back. <laughs> they're, like, going to look for the daughter at your house. It's like, what are you talking about? There's a murderer on the loose who they now know is confirmed based off of uh, Stephanie before she leaves, having uh, identified him as like, oh yeah, that's a bad guy we shot full of that, that, uh, that drug. He's for sure a criminal, was on death row. He's out to murder people and probably all the, all the supers. So we definitely gotta get her daughter now. And so they know all that and they still let her like leave and not come back for like an hour. Like, what are you, oh my God. And so they're all, like, goofing around trying to learn how to do telekinesis. And then he's like, what the fuck? No one knows the stuff he was missing? He runs off, finds her at the house, freaks out, re- re- understandably, because she's bleeding out on the kitchen floor. And she's like, it's fine. I have super healing because I have great metabolism. And we, I think we found that out earlier. I think she was, like, shot at one point or something. I don't remember. But so he's like, it's okay. We're going to get you to a doctor. And she's like, no, I can't get, we can't get exposed. I was like, well... A doctor's not going to run tests on your blood, girl. She's just going to give you, like, other blood and let you heal. Right? Have some more blood. Uh, 
That's how that works, right? I don't know. I don't know how that would... I, I would imagine she's lost a lot of blood. She needs a transfusion. And they'll, 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 uh, sew up the wound. Like, right? What the... What is a cop gonna do, like, testing all your blood? You're gonna get other... I guess she had to know what her blood type is, but that's probably on file. She's a doctor. Anyway. Ugh! But so, all that aside, she is now, like, in, in dire straits, but he's also desperate to get the daughter protected because she's missing. And they have JJ hack the email, which is, like... He's not able to hack. So you, if you put Stephen Hawking in front of a computer and said, hack this, I don't know that he's going to necessarily know how to fucking hack it. Maybe he's read computer like manuals about hacking. Show us that, though, please. And he's able to hack, though. Well, first of all, he also diagnoses the mother, whatever. But like in the meantime, he's hacking the sister's phone, finds out the sister's at the, the concert, and then maybe he just maybe he just used like find my iPhone or find give us that or something. that would have been so much. And he told his parents, "I just yeah, I totally God. hacked it." I, I mean, this is at the totally. time that ha- that existed. Like, well, why would you just show us find my iPhone? Honestly, you're a superhero family. They should all have find my iPhone at home at all times. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's going on here? Oh, Jesus. And so the the sister is now like being attacked by the the uh, Eric Balfour as, as the cat dude. And then uh, the father shows up. One of the most frustrating parts of the father's powers was, like, halfway through the series, they started doing that thing where they, like, suddenly, like, up their powers, and now they have other powers, and his power is he can basically fly. And it's like, oh my god. Yeah, what was that about? That's so very dumb. big jumping. That made no sense to me. I mean, I guess it's the Jessica Jones where, like, and they're pulling from actual, like, superheroes, but, like... It didn't look right with Michael. He doesn't necessarily sell that. As well as he sells the actual, like, being a top dude thing very well. Well, the special effects were very bad. Yeah, too. and also, like, if you wanted so. to play against type, like, don't make him the tough guy that's, like, the super strong dude. Like, that's the most, that's, like, literally what he played as a thing. Like, what are you doing? But now he's not Yeah, rocks. they should have made him have some kind of brainy power, like, one of the kids. Yeah, that would have been way, or him being the but. fast one or something. I don't know. That would have been way more interesting. Uh, it it would have made more sense to make Julie Benz the super strong one and him the one that's super fast because that's like kind of against type. Whatever. So he uh, shows up. He's like, go home. And she's like, what? <laughs> I was like, girl, do you need to be told God, again? how dumb is she? God. And she's like, okay. And then she kind of like runs off and the dad like fights. Like, uh... So they fight, and it's, like, one of the worst. It's such a bad fight. Like, everything. And this is where my nose are just, like, honestly, his nails are very upsetting to look at. <laughs> like, it was so hard to, like, because he's, like, punching. And, like, it, it looks like <clears throat> if you got, like, fake nails that were, like, an inch long, that's kind of what it looks like if you stuck them to your knuckles instead. So, like, I'm constantly on edge thinking one of them is going to fly backwards, and it's going to look disgusting. But I never actually did that, thank God. But, like, it's not a very healthy-looking set of nails is all i mean <laughs> okay the uh best part though of this horrible scene is when uh eric balfour's character tells him that he still has some of his wife left under his fingertips <sighs> that's not like, even like a good burn it's supposed to be like, sexual but yeah, yeah that's just gross hot. also like if it was me i'd be like dude she's alive you're dumb <laughs> well, no, <laughs> don't don't like uh, i think that might as well like what's she gonna do i guess i should run back kill her again yeah I guess I should kill he's her. Like, yeah, she's alive and she can't be killed, you stupid idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say, right? He's like, I'm not stupid. And then, okay, you stupid idiot. <laughs> she gets, she has this infection, right? And I just think it would have been funnier with him being like a half mountain lion or whatever, I, I a mammal. 
that if it would would have been toxoplasmosis, yes. like it should have been toxoplasmosis, which is a cat infection. Even just like even like, just like rabies or something, right? Like something like simple. Just have a laugh here. Some kind of animal staph infection. Yeah, they wouldn't say it. Amazing. Yeah. God damn it. No. It was Staphylococcus. And uh, we said earlier, like, JJ's able to diagnose this by looking at her wound and ew. thinking, that's also, what this ew. looks like. He like, should look at her wound ew. and, like, immediately vomit because he's looking at a wound. <laughs> also, like, what? I don't think that the wound, I mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I guess I don't know. But, like, the wound did not look that, like, oh, yeah, this is definitely this. It was just a bloody wound. Like, it wasn't like it was, like, oh... I don't know. None of it made sense. JJ now has JJ now has microscopic eyes. Yeah, like he, he looks at it and it like sure, he sees it on like sense. a microscopic level. So stupid. So <laughs> that's what my nose so was like. Like oh god. And then so he's he's like, my, how are we gonna fix this? Because now she's basically like shiver. Oh, oh, I guess we should say. My, my other frustration is it cuts to after like um uh Michael Chiklis like wins the fight. You never really see what happens with the dude. I was like, is he is he caught now? Is he dead? Like, like, please show me that he's not going to get up and start murdering people again. They never do. Like, what? There was such a huge gap. Like, that's the whole point of the episode. And it's a reason why she's dying. And they just leave him alone in a broad daylight, like, public setting. Like, it was such a bad... Everything about it was just so bad. So they leave. <laughs> and he, like, he grabs the daughter. And they go running back to the, um, secret... It's... it's I think it's George's house, right? It's the lair. They call it's it the George's, lair. Yeah. It's George's garage, which is like 20 feet from their house, which is not a good place to hide if you're hiding from a murderer. It's so shitty. Ah, this show sucks. I love it, but I hate it. It's the worst. Uh, I love it. But, um, So, and also, like, I don't know how it doesn't end at this point because he brings her. He says, there's one last thing we could do. He takes her to Stephen Creep Collins instead of a fucking ER and just risking getting exposed. He decides to go to the person who caused all and this. And then exposing themselves like, to the bad guy. So stupid. And he's like, we both know that she's... <laughs> this is like Michael Chiklis. He's like, we both know! The Wait, <laughs> it's so, so stupid. And we know you know. My favorite part of yeah. this... My favorite part of this scene, though, is when they take her to him and they, like, tell him what's going on and they say Staphylococcus aureus and he repeats it back to them. But it's like, Staphylococcus aureus. Now, that's a name I haven't heard in years. It's very wistful. Like, what a weird delivery. Like, yeah, I remember Staph infection. But they would never say Staph infection because cool. they're all not we- no, normal Staph- people. Staphylococcus aureus. This is, this is a yeah. bad episode of TV. <laughs> just, like, I wanted to reiterate that, like... We have to watch him, like, reminisce on staph infections for, like, a full 30 seconds. Like, it's nuts. God damn it. And um, this is a great and TV then, show. Oh, my God. Thank and you. this, and this, it <laughs> escalates. Like, at first I was like, okay, did we pick the right episode when we started watching this? Because it's, it's boring. But, like. Yes, we did. It escalates to a point, which I'm like, I don't know how this is even happening. Like, my notes are mostly just, like, question marks at this point forward. Because Jim says, no, no, let me. Because basically he, he convinces the guy that, like, based off of. The very trustworthy Stephen A. Collins, who basically says, yes, it's just a stra- it's just a staph infection. You could basically have gone to an ER, dude. Um, or go to a minute clinic or something. Jesus Christ. But, like, uh, he says, yes, this is a staph infection, but I can't treat it because I don't know what, what's causing it. There's a lot of question marks here. Like, he doesn't know what'll make it worse. I'm like, well, then do your fucking job. You're a doctor. Try one. Stop it if it makes it worse. Problem solved. Like, ugh. But so... He says, well, if that won't work, which, again, he's not trustworthy. I don't trust his opinion at all, <laughs> both in real life and on the show. Um, he says, like, okay, can you at least, like, give her the medicine that you used to inject all these villains with? 
uh, and it'll automatically heal her. I'm like, first of all, where did you get that information? Because this doesn't mean they're going to automatically... I guess they're saying it brings these people back from the dead when they've been killed on death row. But, like, is that going to solve someone who's, like, mortally wounded? Or is it just bringing their, like, body back from being, like, killed with a... with a I don't know. I guess maybe it's supposed to be, like... Uh, an all-powerful drug. It's like a shot it. of adrenaline. Well, I think he just... For healing. I think he just straight up wanted to know what would happen if he gave it to somebody who already had powers. Well, that's why he it's wanted to turn her into a monster. Yeah, really. like, if he, if he was juicing her up, you know. So stupid. That's why I think he's, like... Well, Jim, his whole, his whole argument is, like, you need her, so you have to keep her alive. I'm like, well, then why did you have the guy attack her in the first place? Plus, there's the whole creepy thing where he's, like, desperately in love with Julie Benz, which respect Ugh. i get that but <laughs> yeah so, so it's like he's desperate to save her because he's is he in love with her or just want to fuck her that's that's the question i think both i don't both. know both i think he wants to possess her yes he doesn't i don't think he that's his version of love yeah. yeah exactly um so fucking creep then like okay so he does convince the guy to give her the medicine that, or the medicine the drug that's been you know hyping up the powers and so his solution to this is to say, okay, he gets it. The guy's about to give it to her. He's like, no, no, let me. She's my wife. I'm like, dude, my wife. you're a doctor now? What? <laughs> He's like, a sketch sketch artist slash policeman slash. Like, it's not that simple. I don't think he's just injecting that like a fucking booster shot. It has to go into her fucking bloodstream, dude. Are you going to find a vein? Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I just, I could, everything about the scene made me absolutely livid. And then the show doesn't even end there. It goes on after that. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, why is the rest of the episode even happen? It should have ended on that cliffhanger. Oh, my God. And instead of it ending there, like it normally should have, it goes on. And then immediately after he injects her, he's like, it's not working. She's not better. It's like, it's been like less than five seconds, dude. Like, calm down. And so he's like, oh. and then she like kind of like mumbles, and he's like, she's better. And it's like, oh my god, this sucks. And so Daphne, um, appropriate for that, they're waiting for her to get better, basically, after giving her the shot. Um, Daphne goes into school, and then, stupidly, I don't know why the fuck JJ was prioritizing doing this on his off hours, after all this trauma and his mom. He should have also like, not done the, the real thing. Yeah, and also like... Mm. What's changed? Why are they in school the next day? Their mother's still, like, on fucking death's door. I mean, what? she just skipped school, so she has to go to school the next day. I guess. I mean, the father should just write them a fucking note, you know? <laughs> like, it's she's... not like, remember, the caretaker barely reacted when she found out that her mom was hurt. <laughs> like, okay, guys, I want to reiterate, this is her reaction to her, to her hearing that her mother's been attacked in her own home. Oh, no. What happened? Like, <laughs> Do we think that this sh- this show and this episode in particular is what inspired her to quit acting and become a zookeeper? <laughs> One should hope. I mean, I can I can buy the show being like the reason why she just because ended it all. It literally was like <laughs> the last thing she did. That's really like, she upsetting, quit honestly. Right after this show, she quit. I mean, she was already familiar with the of the animal. I mean, so she just wanted maybe to she was. The film. I guess she was just probably really happy that it didn't like it didn't take off. Maybe she was already like was one like, foot out the door and we're, we're canceled. Now I can live my dream of being a zoo. She did one episode of uh, SVU like in 2011 also. And then the same around the same yeah. time. That this show and then she was, was done. On, yeah. She's just fucking done. I got my law and order in. I got my superhero show. I'm going to be a zookeeper. I mean, she has an impressive like filmography. Oh yeah. Honestly. Oh yeah. 
It's so wild. <laughs> so, so she. Uh, oh my god. She, she, I'm sorry. I'm just so frustrated. <laughs> about this. It should have ended at the shot. That's all I'm trying to say. So, um, the uh, oh my god. So Daphne's um, Daphne reads the teacher's thoughts after he gets the the math that JJ should not have been prioritizing, but he did. She didn't. She then, just did like a fake answer to the formula just to, to see what would be the result. I know, right? What what will? Oh my god. Oh, oh god. He's supposed to be so, so smart. Frustrated by this <laughs> Everything about it is so bad. So like, oh god. And he, nothing's really changed for him either. Like, why did he suddenly decide to do it? Oh my god. She she gives him that. Here's his thoughts. Like, okay, this is save my ass because the doc the doctor was like mad or creepy Collins is mad about it. And so she's like, it's malicious, something's going on. She calls JJ and she's like, something's up with your teacher. And then the boyfriend shows up and he's like, think of all the cool stuff we could do together. I'm like, you literally almost got her mother killed yesterday. Can you, like, give us some space? Like, instead, of course, he's like, no, I want to go, like, basically, like, eventually rob a bank or something. She's like, all right. And she just kind of like, N- um, not right now. She kind of gives him, like, a cold shoulder, but, like, Stays with them, obviously, because she's a teenage girl. He has no spine. And then, um, yeah. And, and no so, friends. Um, this is where my notes were just like, and did they even catch the guy? <laughs> like, I don't even know. Nothing's resolved with that at all. And no then, one knows. Twist. No one uh, Lucy Lawless is the CEO of the company, which is just to be, I guess, a, a shock, I think, right? I guess so. <laughs> I think I she guess. was like, supposed to be like, I think she's introduced, like, she's someone. I think it's supposed to be a shock that the, all the bad guys are connected, but it's not. Yeah, and she's in charge of it all, basically. And you're like, oh my god, I thought she was trying to, to sabotage the company, but she's I, in charge I don't of remember, it. I don't remember if that was the surprise of this episode or if it happened earlier, but it was definitely, like, set up that well, Stephen Collins like... was the villain, but it turns yeah. out that Lucy Wallace was the true villain. So and she was like before she was kind of like the underworld dealer of bad bad guys. Now she's the one actually in charge and also and sp- underground dealing. Of bad speaking guys. of people who are too good for this show that I love, I love this show. It's Lucy Lawless. Yeah. So. Oh my god, what the fuck are you doing, Lucy Lawless? What the fuck is anyone then, doing here? I know. And then also the other bizarre twist is we find out that Katie's pregnant. It was like he left a piece of himself with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that was the grossest line I've ever heard. And that was before she said she was pregnant. I know. Oh, God. oh boy. And then also like. Also, why was she telling the child this? I know. Why was she? I mean, she's, she's, she's got no filter. You're not scene. friends. She's like trying to like. Uh, there's something happened, and like Daphne looks at the results and goes, "Oh, you're pregnant." What 16-year-old who isn't a super genius looks at blood test results and is like, yeah, definitely you're pregnant. Like, also, so, like, I'm sure blood test results in this world say pregnant. They would say your hormones are blah, 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 not you're pregnant. Also, like, what a boring fucking way to reveal that one of your main characters is pregnant is, like, having someone read a piece of fucking paper. This is acting. Having a child read a paper. I know, but, like, this is, like, the whole point of acting is to make it look like you're not reading paper to find out information. Like, Jesus Christ, what a, what a drab way is, like, oh, you're pregnant. Like, that's her reaction. Like, she does not have any reaction at all. Just, like, okay. And, like, understandably, like, Katie's fucking, like, thrown for a loop because she's, like, oh, God. I'm pregnant with the ex-boyfriend's baby, and he was a creep. What's going on? And she's, she's like, that's why I have powers. And like, yeah, the the old charmed special. Like this is where this is like it's like the Lord of the Rings ending. It's like every time there's an ending, there's a twist. There's a twist. Yep. There's a twist. There is. I'm glad we got in the Lord of the Rings reference before <laughs> the, in the podcast. Know, gotta squeak in there, guys. And then she goes. 
uh, Julie Benz is immediately better because that's how this works now. And there's no resolution to anything about how the drug's working, just that she's back to her normal self the next except, day. Except there kind of is, because what the last scene is setting up is the next Oh, no, episode, yes, that's what I mean. Like, but powers there's, level up. But there's no, like, in-between. It's like, you see her, like, shaking on a hospital bed to, like, running, like, right. she's like a fucking, like, Olympian. And then, uh, as she's running... Her hands start like fucking disappearing into the ether because she's Whoa. fucking going into the future, which is the next Whoa. episode where they're in the future. And like, I mean, this show, and that was it. That was a fucking episode. This show is mean, amazing. And and not to, I don't think Jesus we need to Christ. talk about anything more. Really, we can kind of give like a brief little like by the way. This is how awful it even goes further because the whole. I'll let you guys go into that. Yeah, the whole next episode is basically just her as Ghost of Christmas Future, where she just keeps like flashing forward to the future, and there's one scene that maybe one I truly and I'm not even saying this. I've I've literally like we've literally watched a hundred episodes of bad TV at this point. Well, with some good ones mixed in, but like a lot. We've, we've watched even more because of our insanity, right? And full full seasons of certain shows or series, so yeah. like, definitely a lot. But anyway, we've watched so many episodes. One of the worst scenes slash, I wouldn't say episodes, because the whole episode's kind of just blah, but, like, the scene where they're at the school, and the kids are on the on the lamb, quote-unquote, and Romani Malco comes to get them, might be one of the worst scenes of television I've ever seen in my whole life. Truly. I mean, uh, uh, even next to, like, fucking, like, Baywatch Nights. Baywatch Nights, that nonsense. Like, it, it is worse. I still worse. understand what happened in that, in that episode of television. Like, softcore porn. Like, there are worse episodes of other shows, sure, but, like, that scene is so poorly written, acted, honestly, like, costumed. They're literally, like, they're made to look like Dickens characters. They yeah, have, like, gonna, mud. I actually, yeah, they look like little street urchins. That's yes. exactly what I thought. They're and on the why, run. Why would you hide at your actual fucking school that you go Oh, my God. Everything about that scene. So we should, like, she's flashing into the future in the end of this episode. We, it's like March, so I guess it's supposed to be like six months or something. We don't know. It's fucking California. There's no season, so I guess it's supposed to be in the future by a couple months? Question mark. But enough has happened that like the the fo- she's not there anymore. Her, she's not in the future. It's just like she's disappeared for a while, and she's seeing like snapshots well, of her family's lives. She and... is later because she's been captured by the right, FBI right. or whatever, and she's just not around. She's like, oh no, what happened? And she's, like, a ghost, because no one can see her, which makes no sense, but whatever. And so she's able to, like, run around and, like, basically, like, you know, eavesdrop on the investigation into her family, who are now being, like, approached by the FBI. The the dad lets them, like, run out the back door and tries to, like, cause a scene and, like, distract them. And then the kids are on the, on the lam, and George tries to protect them, hides them in, like, the science classroom at their school. What? What? I've never, I've, I've thought about that so much in my life. None of it makes sense. I don't, I don't understand why they did that. Like, of all the places to hide. Like, honestly. You're, I wonder why I was having mental breakdowns over this No, terrible, like, can someone show. explain to me, if you're on the, on the run as a child from the, the government, not from any, like, random person, but, like, a very broad, huge government, like, operatives, like a, like a mm-hmm. fucking SEAL team kind of thing, why would you hide at your school during the daytime? What? What? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get Beats caught. Me. And also, like, they're at their school. He brings them. He brings them um, to like uh, uh, nutrition bars. Like, like that's their sustenance. He's like, kids. Um, here's water and a fucking like uh, uh, cliff bar. You'll be fine. <laughs> and they're on the run for like their fifth day. 
They literally have, like, mud around their faces, and, like, their hair is unkempt, and their clothes are ragged, like they've been running through the woods, yet they're in the school in the middle of the daytime, and he's, like, giving them water, and they're, like, loudly, like, eating this water. They're not even, like, in a closet somewhere at school. And, like, they're immediately caught, and, of course, George is, like, hide in broad daylight, not even, like, in a cabinet or a closet, just, like, behind a stool. And then they get caught by the cops, and then George, like, tries to throw himself to protect them, and he says, run, run, and I guess they get away. But so, anyway, this is all I'll say, like, it gets worse and worse from this point forward. I quit after, I think, that episode. Like, I literally think I got to the scene with the urchins, and I was like, nope. And <laughs> I just stopped watching this show. It isn't one other episode, but it was... I never, I never quit it. I still love it. Oh, my God. Um, so I watched every single episode of this terrible show, and I, I don't know now. why. I watched the finale today, but, oof. I love mm. it. The finale um, is also pointless, too. At least, do you have any... I mean, the, the finale is just, like... Basically, George becomes a super. Well, the, it's kind of like you're trying to figure out... Like, Lucy Lawless's master plan is to put these prison convicts on a plane. Because they find... What they do is they find out that the reason why the Powell family's powers are permanent and the other people have to have the injections is because they got their powers, they were exposed to that plant when they, their adrenaline was really high because they were in a plane crash. So Lucy Lawless, at the end of this finale, puts these, like, 80 convicts and George, because George is in her shit, at, on a plane and crashes the plane so that they'll get permanent superpowers now. And it's like, what's your fucking master plan here, Xena? Like, you're going to make all these convicts have superpowers and they're all going to be, like, Eric Balfour psychopaths, just like that episode, and running amok, but, like... Do you really think they're going to work for you and do your bidding? No, because they're psychos. They're not. <laughs> and it's just going to be, like, a whole thing. And also, just, like, in general, like, of all the ways to get people to have the highest adren- adrenaline rush of all time, you don't need to uh, crash a plane. Like, there's a, m- a million other ways you could have done this. Like, just, like, have them all skydive in your backyard, and then strap a bunch of that, like, what? stuff to it. You think these weenies are gonna skydive? Well, or, not skydive, I mean, just push them out of the plane. Or what you do is you, <laughs> you... You know, and then last you minute... point a gun at them and shoot it, but it's a blank. Yeah. There you go. That now you've, you've, oh got, you've got that, like, death adrenaline. You just, saved, you just saved all the money on chartering a plane, and then employing people to kamikaze Here's, into the ground. But then they automatically know you're evil. Here's what I'm gonna say right now, because of all these people turning out to be creeps that work on Greg Berlanti shows. Uh, just hire me, and I'll do the No Ordinary Family <laughs> reboot, and it'll and be you're great. Not oh, no. so there you go. The reboot no one asked for. <laughs> you know you have to start over with a new cast, right? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, Who's your sure. new cast? What do we oh, got? What do we got? This is a- <laughs> think about it. I gotta think about it. Yeah. You gotta do this now. You offered to, to, to run the show. So uh, you obviously, it. Autumn Reezer will still be on this show, though. So. Oh, of course. How about, yeah. so, okay. She'll be front and center. Here's my pitch. Yeah, Autumn Reeser as Julie Benz's character. <laughs> just take of course. It, like, fucking yes. boy female her. Then, uh, Michael and Chiklis. Ben McKenzie as Michael Chiklis's character. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that's, that's so stupid, but I love it. Um, or like Shamar Moore, or someone who's like out of work currently. Like, Hello. Something else. <laughs> Shamar, Moore Hello. Is, Shamar Moore is not out of work. I know, <laughs> okay. but you know. I'm always thinking Let, of people who are make constantly working be. that would take a job no matter what, if they have eight other shows going <laughs> and he's one of them. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I, I want Paul Wesley involved somehow. He could be JJ. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> bring that Wazalewski swag. Please. Right to it. Please give me oh that. God. Like, oh, my God. You try to write JJ as a nerd, and he's like, no, not this time. Who would, make, who would they make Daphne? Daphne, you'd be like, I don't know. Is, it, is there, like, a third mystery Panna Baker that we don't know about? Like, I don't know. I, I don't believe so. Damn. Oh, do you know who could go as the, um, uh, from Deadpool? Oh, Bri- Brianna Hildebrand? Yes. The Negasonic Teenage Warhead, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she'd be good. Like, someone is just, like, moody. Like, I think that's the problem with <laughs> with Panna Baker in this, is that she's not nearly interesting enough to watch. No offense to her. She could be a lot more interesting, because, like, she has a lot of this episode to carry, and she does not do it great. She's not reacting to anything. Like, give me someone actually moody. Even fucking, bring me Emily Van Camp back, okay? <laughs> we pull Wesley and Emily Van Camp, and we got Ben McKenzie and Autumn Racer. <laughs> like behemoth that thing would would literally like it would dominate it would dominate every night every night of the week it'd be the we'd have to put it... i feel like we would lose the plot of an ordinary family but it's fine it's fine it's Who fine because well you, it would make them not an ordinary family so i would it'd be, it'd be no ordinary tv the show. parents would be the same age as the children it'd be fine. <laughs> right i love it's it it's not an ordinary family it's their family uh, it's like fucking Party of Five reboot. Um, so, um, oh. yeah, and the finale is like basically just we get to watch Stephen Creep Collins die, which is fun. Um, and then that's basically it. Like, the only the frustrating thing about that to me is also like the Litchfield dies at the school, like blah blah. It's just nothing really gets resolved because I guess they were planning on doing another season. But like honestly, in today's TV, maybe it's something that's more recent that they've slowly like adapted. Is it like you should treat every finale like it's the finale? Things get canceled so abruptly anymore. You really have got to treat every finale like it could be the last one. Well, yeah, I think it would get rebooted at least. It would have been fine to like have the setup of more people having permanent powers. That's fine. That's a good setup for a second season, relatively speaking. But then you're right. They shouldn't all be psychopaths. Yeah, then you're right. You have to like tie up the rest of your storylines too. You can't leave ten things dangling. And Katie has a super baby, and you know. All of these stupid things, so. No, none of that got resolved at all. It's so strange to me. It's so strange. I still don't get it to this day. But anyway, so that was No Ordinary Family. I mean, also, I should say, fucking, the last two sentences of the stupid fucking show is one of the FBI agents saying to them, we need your help. There's been a huge crash, and it's only (laughs) you that can help us, this, this family. Because the four of you, as we know, are no ordinary family. <laughs> what? Like, what? Why would you end your show on that, man? I mean, even if it's the finale for a season, you shouldn't end the show on it. Oh my god. That's like... Oh, man. It's fair. That's, that is pretty bad, but uh. I also love it. <laughs> oh my god. So let's move on to plugs. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. So, what's up with you, Latoya? Uh... <laughs> Wow! Three years later. So much. We, we've talked so much. It's worth I'm, it. Every I'm second so sorry, everyone, but not at all. Not even just about this show. We've just talked so much. I would. I mean, you guys started, my voice. start a drinking game every time a different show or movie gets referred to in this episode, and you'll die of alcohol poisoning 30 minutes in. Congratulations. We should put that as a disclaimer for this episode. Yeah. Like, this, for they should do the, the drinking game. Uh, well, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at LaFergs, and then that way you can find my writing. Uh, I'm working on a wrestling book right now, so, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Ryan Hansen solves crimes on TV on YouTube Red. If you've not watched it, it's actually, it's 
quite fun. And it's a, a weird little serialized comedy mess. So I, I support that. I will also plug The Shield. Um, Buffy and Angel. Always. Uh, a lot of early Greg Berlanti shows. I mean, The Creek isn't a Greg Berlanti show, even though he like he ran it. So, But you can always, of course, watch The Creek. Jack and Bobby, Everwood, Dirty Sexy Money, Eli Stone. Uh, even Political Animals. Just watch all those. All high quality. I agree. Yeah. Awesome. And what's up with you, Lisa? Uh, well, first off, I can't wait for you guys to listen to my new podcast, No Ordinary Podcast, <laughs> in which I dissect this beautiful show every single episode. I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not actually going to do that. The worst but, like, part of my life is I'd watch it. I'd listen to every episode. But, like, you would be a guest would, on every other I would, episode. I would record it and then never release it. It's just like for special people. Oh so yeah, God. definitely watch this stupid show. No, don't do that. But I mean, do I, how can you... We, we suggest a lot of terrible shows for people to watch. I, don't do this I one. mean, I, I can do never it. say not to watch anything on a resource in, though. That's just against my human That's the nature. problem. I'm sure if you go on YouTube, there are a bunch of clips that are just on a resource in the true. show. That's true. If you could do that, or, that's worth it. Or just watch an American Mall. And... That's true. Honestly, well, I, I, that's, I, I, like, I, one of the greatest things I think it's ever the wrote. American Mall. I, I, I don't know. I always think it's an American Mall, but yeah. apparently it's the... Well, you know. Iconic. I feel like maybe we should revisit that someday and just do it all over again. It's also really worth listening and watching that because I think it's one of those things where we, we went into that thinking it was going to be a very different type of movie and we were very pleasantly surprised. That's why if anyone ever thinks that we go into this with any kind of an agenda, I am so welcome to being surprised by liking something and it, that is one of them. This is not. In fact, I didn't, you know, I'm surprised this one actually doesn't hold up as well as I thought it would have, but you know. It happens. You watch stuff when you're in like, college, and you're like, yeah, this is great. Autumn Reaser's amazing. And you're just like, oh, no, this is trash. I mean, the Autumn Reaser being amazing thing never changes. That's why That's I guess true. I think I just, I just, I tend to grade on a curve of Autumn Reaser, and she's always, like, an A, so this got, like, a, a B, even though it's probably more oh. of an F. So. <laughs> anyway. F. So sorry, Lisa. Continue about your great podcast. That, I just, I love this show. I don't know why you guys have a problem with it. <laughs> you shut your mouth. But anyway, the only real plug I have is you can follow me on Twitter at It's Lisa E. That's it. I don't do anything. So Awesome. And then, as always, I'm at Mara E on Twitter. I also do nothing. Um, and then in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at The Televoid. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes or email us at thetelevoid at gmail.com. And uh, thanks again for wandering into the television, guys. See you next time. Like he left a piece of himself with me. Uh, <laughs> like that was the grossest line I've ever heard.